at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, Golden Books, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down there on the bottom. I'm Matthew Dooch. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. So the, the, don't let the beard fool you, folks. I'm not 50 yet, but we're 50 today. Yeah. So. <laughs> he is closer than I am, though. Just oh yeah, I'm 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 I'm, <sighs> well, I'm 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 admiring it from afar and just waving yeah. right now. We'll, we'll just put it like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it is this is this is crazy because you know we started it earlier this year. Yes. And January. here we are. I mean, we were doubling up episodes. So, you know, each week there was two episodes usually to look forward to. And uh, here we are at 50 already. Yep. Even though our schedules had to revise and all that stuff, we still made it to well, that, 50. So onward and upward. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's where the double episodes helped us because we switched to bi-weekly. We were going weekly. We were going twice weekly. And at the end of the year, we'll pretty much be exactly where we would have been if we'd done a weekly show. So, it's... go figure, right? <laughs> but it's all so, good. Yeah. It's, it's as time allows because we're not yeah. getting paid. Yeah. We're just doing this for you nope. guys um, and for us. But it's it's been a, a wild, it's been a fun ride. I think we've come a long way in fifty episodes, and uh, I look forward to fifty more. So. At least. Yeah. It, I mean, the just uh, All Star September kind of highlighted how far it, we've already come with yes, the different was, people that we've been able to have on, and that was that, uh, was, that was all thanks to Matthew over <laughs> here. He uh, he really lined all those people up and got the job done. That was uh, and it taught me a lot. And um, number one, next year we start recording for All Star September, probably about July. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like Christmas. We start in July yeah. and work our way to the end of the year. <laughs> That's the beauty of having a pre-recorded show, guys. You don't have any uh, yeah. any sort of limitations. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's it's been a great ride. Uh, Want to thank all the viewers that have come along with us, all the viewers who are joining us now, all the viewers who will join, um, and everybody. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode. Because I got some exciting uh, giveaway news. 
tough. No. So, uh, but that'll be at the end. I'm going to make you listen to the whole episode before I let you know. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, not much in the way of news this week. Um, the one thing I did want to put out there, guys, and I'll, I'll drop the link down below, the PowerCon exclusive book bundle that gets you the toy guide to He-Man and She-Ra, and it also gets you the exclusive character guide and world compendium, uh, supplement guide, uh, which is only available here. This is the only way you're going to get it. This it's now uh, sitting at fifty percent sold, and this is it, guys. Once this is once it's gone, it's gone. So if anybody that wants it hasn't checked out yet, you're still on the fence. Go grab it now. Don't wait till the last minute because uh, you might miss out, and it'd be a terrible shame. It, it helps out all of the wonderful fans, many of which we've had on the show that worked on it. Um, and it's it just it's going to be a great bundle. So uh, I know the toy guide is available from Amazon for cheaper than in the bundle price. But again, you're not going to get the supplement guide. So if you if that supplement guide means anything to you, go grab it. Definitely. And uh, let's just uh, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit here. Let's jump into our listener feedback here, uh, and then we'll finish off with our review. So. Woohoo! Uh, you want me to go first, or we want to go to? Uh, you go first because that wasn't a part of okay. the uh, the feedback. That was a whole different thing. So go first. Well, it's part of last week's feedback. Last week, uh, Brad Withers asked about uh, us creating our own characters, and this is one that uh, I created. Uh, specifically for the podcasters of the universe, they just had their three-year anniversary, and they did a create a character create a character contest, and I created this guy for that. Um, uh, I'll show you. It was actually pretty fun because uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm terrible at drawing. I'm not artistic as much as I would like to be. Um, but my daughter Aubrey has really got, come a long way. She's taken art classes at school. She's doodling all the time. She's really interested in it all. So that was my big thing. Why I wasn't going to enter the character contest was I can't get a good visual out there. So it actually turned into a fun little thing with me and her where I came up with the character and she brought it to life. So that's the first uh, picture I've got to show you. Uh, this is my daughter's drawing of Diggit, the heroic master of tunneling. Um... <laughs> I love the name. That, I definitely love the, the name. name. Is, <laughs> the name, that actually was the last part of it. I was sitting there, like, playing around, like, tunnel and dig and all this and that. And then I'm just, and it just, it just came to me. But yes, I think, I think we nailed the master's name. It's D-I-G uh, dash E-T. So dig it. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> But he, he, for the, and for those of you who are, I'll share these pictures, um, after the show premieres, but he's, he's a, he's a gopher like humanoid creature with four arms and, uh, his, the backstory I created for him, which is still in flux. Cause I've revised it a couple of times, even after I sent it off to the podcasters for their contest, uh, which he did not win. Sadly, I think it was a little rigged. 
That's just me. Um, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say too much more. My lawyers are working on um, th- uh, motions and everything. So we're, we're this. It's not are, over are yet, deal- folks. It's not over <laughs> yet. Are we dealing with recounts? We are re- we are recounted. <laughs> we will make sure these votes were not illegally obtained. Uh, exactly. Sorry, guys. Okay. Too far. Too far. Um, back on track. <laughs> no, Jeremy, Steve, and uh, Matt Rodriguez judge that podcast contest, and they are all great guys, and I, I completely agree mm. with the character who won, and no, I'm not going to spoil it here, you just, uh, I guess I did spoil it if you haven't listened to their recent episode yet, but it wasn't Dig It, but it was somebody well more worthy. But anyways, so uh, basically the backstory I created for him was that the, there's this race of gopher-like creatures called the Gopharians, I know. Very original. Leave me alone. It's my character. Um, and they live. They they live pretty much in not really in secret, but they're very they're very secluded. They keep to themselves. They have these maze of tunnels and warrens that they live in. Um, and pretty much they live between like the surface and Subternia. Like they're in the the middle ground there, and they just keep to themselves. Um, and basically, I had it where Whiplash. Uh, after his falling out with the Caligars and <clears throat> before he went to Skeletor's forces, uh, he was hiding throughout Subternia and trying to ev- evade his people. And he stumbled across Diggit's village and overthrew them, uh, you know, took over. Uh, I gave Whiplash an army of demons. You know, I, it, I very much picture this in the 2000X era. But I also kind of wanted to tie it back a little bit, like I like to do. So I gave Whiplash an army of demons that he led after he, uh, after he defected from the Caligars before he served Skeletor. I thought that harkened back to his filmation origins uh, pretty well, and um, <clears throat> and basically Diggit was the was the member. He'd always been a little more outgoing, uh, a little more aloof uh, than his people, and so he actually. Uh, he escaped and he went to find help. He made contact with the surface world, and luckily he found Man at Arms and the Masters, and they came back and helped him overthrow his village, uh, or I mean, uh, uh, reclaim his village. And uh, so basically, after that, Man at Arms helped train him in hand-to-hand combat because that was that was a big problem. Is his people they know they know digging, they know tunneling, they know what they do, and that's it. And he wanted to learn more, so he's. He's now become the the master's heroic master of tunneling. He'll sneak in under Snake Mountain to figure out what Skeletor is up to, and uh, he's 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 the best hand to hand fighter, hand to hand to hand to hand fighter of his people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so, and the cool thing was, so I, I this is what we submitted and everything, um, and then Matthew Rodriguez, friend of the show. Uh, podcaster's third wheel uh, in an effort because he was helping to judge the contest in an effort to help himself get a better understanding of the characters he did what he does best and he drew them all in one kind in his his style to kind of help mm-hmm. to help him and help jeremy and steve see what they would all look like kind of as a wave of figures so that is this is what Matthew Rodriguez took and uh, mm-hmm. and came up with for Diggit. So I think he, he very much, very much nailed the essence of Diggit and uh, 
how he would look. And uh, very well done, Matthew. Thank you for that. That's that's awesome. And honestly, it was <clears throat> it was a lot of fun designing this with my daughter, and we listened to the episode together. And she was she was all excited when they mentioned they mentioned her name on the show and everything, and our yep. name and our character. And then when she saw what Matthew did from her drawing, uh, it was a great time. It was a great it was a great family experience for us. Um, <clears throat> and she liked it because. After they talked, because they went through and talked about each of the characters individually on podcasters, and after they talked about Dig It for a little while after there, they kept saying, can you dig it? And she's like, look, they're saying mm-hmm. dig it because of us. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just great to see her so excited about that. So it was good fun. Yeah. It was good fun. Thank you, podcasters. And that's Dig It. Very cool. Yeah, actually, instead of the can you dig it, I was – we watched uh, the first record, Ralph, last night. Yeah, and it made me think his tagline would be "I can dig it." You know, like he'd always that would be his thing versus the "Can you dig it?" Now it's like the Warriors I, already got that. Can, We're good there. I can <laughs> dig it. So yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> so on to listener feedback. <clears throat> Wasn't much this week, but it was Thanksgiving week, so. We didn't yeah, expect much. yeah, that's true. Um, I, re- I will read a little, a little bit of this first. Uh, Brad Withers, uh, after listening to episode forty nine, he left left us a nice little write up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to read it all, but I'll paraphrase a little bit. He said, number one, he said he loved the read along story. Thank you very much, Brad. We had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. So. Uh, he said he couldn't agree more with us on the remastering, uh, and he liked how we made Arachna more in in our episode, and it would have been interesting to dive into his backstory a little bit. Uh, he says he asked, when he was a kid, he hated the episodes that didn't have characters that were toys in it. He just wanted to see his toys come to life, and Filmation was bad about putting their own characters in. But now that he's older, he really appreciates the characters a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. that was interesting to me. Um, when I was a kid, I actually loved the episode. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved the majority of Filmation. Skeletor episodes were awesome. But there was always something, especially about seeing a different villain. Like when Negator showed up, or the Game Master, or, you know, Shadowwing. Um, that, those are probably some of my favorite episodes as a kid because it's like, Oh, he's a guy that's not a toy. Um, so I never really thought about it. Like, to me, like, I had my toys and everything, but it's like, well, I have Cyclone. I can do my adventures with him. It doesn't matter to me if he shows up in Formation or not. Oh, but Formation's giving me Malaktha, you know, so now I can I can bring him into my... I guess even as a kid, I was just so much into the stories that the, the the figures have always been secondary to me. So uh, what about you, Sean? How do you feel about it? In any form uh, and in any brand that I grew up with, when you had figures and they didn't show up on the show, it almost made it have that they're, they're not as viable. And so having, having like Fisto show up, having Man- Manny Faces show up, Buzz Off show up, they, that gave them a certain amount of cred 
to a broader audience that might not know who this character that's near and dear to you is. And I can understand why he feels that way because as a kid, I mean, that's, that's part of why when we were going, okay, what episodes made sense for us to remaster? That was one of the ones on my list for the Fisto's forest. I'm like, there was nothing about that that felt right to me about introducing this character versus the mini comics, the golden books, they had it kind of, this is who he should be. And when you have this guy who, oh, he's evil, but then he's good. At the, and it's like, no, 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 no. Let Golden Book show you how this is done. Let many comics show you how this is done. Right. So, I mean, the other thing, though, on, on my side is you're also talking to somebody who one of my absolute favorite He-Man episodes of all time is House of Shakoti. Right. And that was something... It hearkened to the feeling of the original mini comics where it was a dark premise. It was a freakier, creepier premise. And it was something that they didn't give us, but I felt it added a huge amount to the lore of the ancient Eternia aspect of things. Plus, he's going up against somebody who, it, like, He Man's going up against somebody who's bringing something worse into the world than Skeletor tried to bring in on certain episodes, you know, like this is like the legitimate living darkness. It's like Skeletor would even be like, but I like this place. You know, (laughs) I kind of have that feeling about it. You know, like he'd be like, but I want to rule it this way, not the way you like it, you know, (laughs) to her. So, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm 50, 50, but I can, I can completely see. So yeah. So you're the middle of the road kid. So I'm, I'm the story kid. Brad's a toy kid, and you're like, come on, guys, they're both good. Um, well, I, I'd say honestly, though. That's like, what I, I'm just saying. That's what it sounds like from what you're saying. It's like. A, it, it is, it is, but I think at the end of the day, when that show was over and it's five o'clock and yeah. I'm waiting for dinner and I'm in my room, I have nothing but those toys. Right. So there's that part of me where it's like, no matter what they showed on the episode today, those toys are going to be the heart of what I do because those are how I'm telling my stories, even though Filmation told me a story later earlier in the in the afternoon, you know. So I think I'm a little more him. Yeah. I'm a little more Brad than, than you. But I can also look at it and go, but there are episodes where I'm like, those still work. Those still tell a story oh, where – it was impressive, you know. Yeah. So, no, I just, yeah. I was more. I know we're all pretty much that way now. But as a kid, even uh, that's what I found interesting. It made me. His comment made me think. It's like, wait, even as a kid, I was I was story first, which I still am. I've said it before. It's like I would if I if I could if I could give up all my action figures to make sure that there were comics and and cartoons coming out constantly with new good adventures. I would do it in a heartbeat. Like that's just where I am. Um, Mm-hmm. Novels. Oh my god, I would love to get a Master of the Universe novel. I mean, Star Wars, Spider-Man, everybody has novels now, and, and Master of the Universe still doesn't. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Do some nice yeah. reading for adult, not, not some young adult stuff. Like, I mean, you can release that too, get the kids into it, but yeah. Um, but just a nice, well-written novel. I mean, that's is that really that hard? I mean, I mean I've, I've seen lots of fans who could pump one out, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you made me think of something while you were talking. That. Oh! As a kid, did you ever take toys from other lines and pretend that they were like Filmation characters or original characters or anything? Um, I, I did mix and match at times. I typically... 
uh, I typically want to have the same feel mm -hmm. in in what I'm doing, but they did have um, like Remco. Yeah, they had. Some. They had like the um, oh who they had Warlord, and then they came out with like a um, a Conan and some other ones. And I'd mix them in from time to time, maybe even some Black Star. I had some of those figures. And to have some of the monster guys, yeah, like the bad guys, I would use some of those sometimes to go up against the Masters because it didn't have any beasts in the line like we talked about mm -hmm. uh, earlier this year on the show. Like, So some of those guys were my beast guys. But um, for the most part, it was just straight masters here's this or that or whatever but when, but um but when you use them were they just the remco guys or were they like here's i'm gonna use this remco guy as malactha or i'm gonna use this remco guy as negator or you know what i mean like did you it depends okay it depends i didn't know if you it, had it, any it, you it could remember offhand that you that um, you specifically did I didn't do it specifically with masters but here's here's the the one that i did it with a lot um, and it's funny because, uh, I, my buddy, my buddy finally managed to chip away at the wall that I built up of not watching the Mandalorian because I've seen so much on social media about Mandalorian. We didn't subscribe to Disney plus yeah. broke that on Friday. So, <laughs> we, we, we now have Disney plus. I am now caught up on the Mandalorian completely. I am not. Still, and I'm a couple of, well, I won't say so anything, but, but. What I will say though, my buddy, when he started, uh, what he started uh, having me watch it with him, and the one thing about that show that it makes me go, I did that with my toys when I was a kid, was he said they take all the toys that you kept in your toy box because they didn't apply to like the Skywalker saga, yeah, and it's like now we're taking those out and we're going to play with them and make a story around them. And that's what I would do with some of these figures. Like some of the ones that were maybe the lesser played with, yes. I would bring them in sometimes and come up with like a whole B story. Mm. Sometimes that I didn't even have like He-Man joining in, right. you know, I would do its own little thing. And I did that even with star Wars figures. I would turn that into like a whole thing. Yeah. And it's like Luke Skywalker, Hanso off the table. Here's these that I'm going to play with today. It's like, I almost challenged myself to go, what, what would be fun to do with these figures that maybe they don't make sense to play in, in like a different way, but let's try it, you know? Yeah. So it's like as a kid, that was even important to me having stories and not having to focus on it has to be chapter and verse what I'm seeing all the time or what I'm reading all the time. It's like some of this is let's just see what happens. Let's have some fun with this. Here's this guy. He's going to be this for today. And, you know, um, Masters was oh. a little harder to do that with, though, for me, because it's like you look at He-Man, it's like, no, that's He-Man, you know, like they're yeah. so defined in that role that. But there were some other lines where it was easier to just go, I'm going to make him this today, you know, or whatever. Star Wars for me was always, I had a bunch of Star Wars figures. I was into Star Wars, but they were hard to to play with. Like, because, for like you said, like, by the time I was playing with them, like, I we had New Hope to Jedi. It's like, okay, so Vader's mm -hmm. dead, you know. It's, it's like, yeah, you can do, like, the in-between stuff, but I don't know, it just, it always felt more like, fixed point like okay yeah i have a vader figure but it's like i know at the end of the day like luke 
survives, he dies. Like, I don't know. I just, yep. the way that Masters always kept everything open ended, I think that's one of the reasons I still come back to it to this day and why we can churn all these stories and everything because there was no beginning. There was no ending. It was just like, exactly. just do it. And it can fit in anywhere. Whereas it's like, you're playing Star Wars with, with, with uh, Chewie, Vader, and Luke, it's like, okay, well, this has to happen between here and here. And yes, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of kids that didn't think that way, but I did. I've always <laughs> I've always thought this way. Like, where would it... I mean, if I, if I have to, where would it take place in here? Especially with something like the original Star Wars trilogy, where it's like, yeah, Vader's dead at the end of it. The Emperor is dead, you know? Yep. Um, but anyways, that could be a whole other wormhole. What? Uh, real quick, well, it, but, but, I know I know we're going, but the the <laughs> one figure I can remember for sure, and I, I did do this quite a bit, but the one thing I can remember for sure, I had one of those, uh, you know how you had all like the animals and dinosaurs and like the, it wasn't like a blow mold, but it was just like a solid figure, you know, no articulation or anything. Mm-hmm. I had yep. an elephant one of those, and it was uh, it was a decent size, like, you know, like a He-Man could sit on the back of it, and like, um, but that elephant got so much play because I pretended he was uh, Mulcrum from the Filmation uh, series. That mm-hmm. elephant was Mulcrum. That's how I played with him. I pretended he had the, the arms and everything, and that was mm-hmm. that's one that stuck with me. Through. I know I did it a lot, but that elephant I remember to this day. I can picture it. I had Skeletor right on his back, and that was my Mulcrum because they never gave me a Mulcrum. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, like even on even on my shelf back here, um, when I when I got Clamp Champ, yeah, I remember looking at him and just going. I kind of feel he deserves a little more than just being clamp champ. And I, I came up with this whole headcanon thing of like, you know, the horde, the horde coming down and really going crazy on attorney and He-Man's trying to cover so much all at once. It was almost like nightfall in Batman. It's like He-Man's just running ragged with battle cat and he's going all over the place. And finally those horde wraiths just like they do what they did to King Grayskull. And he's so low on power that it finally happens, and Clamp Champ's there in the moment, and he doesn't have a weapon. He goes and grabs the power sword, and boom. And that's, like, my headcanon of it would progress to this then. He would be a worthy person to step up and become the new champion. He wouldn't be He-Man, but he'd be a new champion, but he's using the power sword and the power of Grayskull to fight what's happening in that moment. And and like then I came up with well then Dare would be his one of his confidants you know Dare the Dare two and then Rio Blast would be one of his guys with him because he'd you know it's like you have he'd be the warrior and he'd be the the um, loose cannon character and then and then I got Sky High and I got Natasha and I turned this whole thing into this stuff and it's like no it doesn't fit any canon this is me I'm happy it, it kind of it actually kind of fits Eternity War canon. Really? Well, I mean, that was before I read it, though, and that true. was the thing. Like, I was just getting my my toe in the water on some of that stuff after getting some of these figures. Yeah. So it's like Tuscador, uh, Rio Blast, uh, Dare, Natasa, um, Sky High. And it's like they became kind of the new masters because the right. old ones either were too old or whatever. And I I was like. I'm digging this. Like, I want to come up with my own story just writing about that and all that kind of stuff. So that that's my way of reminding myself every time. It's like, 
headcanon's still fun. It is. I, I've never turned him back into Clamp Champ for as long as <laughs> I've owned him since I figured that out. So, yeah. Good times. Um, all right. All right. Thank you, Brad, for those comments. Yeah, nice little discussion out of that. So, uh, on to the, the listener feedback from this week. Uh, David Clark says congratulations on 50 episodes. Thank you, David. We appreciate all your support over at uh, adultcollector.org, Nexus of All Realities, uh, whatever you've changed the name to this week. And your <laughs> 50,000 groups. We appreciate it. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, and then we got RJ Clark. He says congrats on 50 and top 10 Masters figures across all lines so he wants us to list our top 10 across all the masters figures that have been released he's only going to give us his top three though because that's all i can that's all he can figure out so (laughs) the heavy lifting to the podcast that's how it works so for him his number three is classics man at arms his number two is classic skeletor and his number one is his classics buzz off. That's his personal favorite. All good figures. I only own one of them, unfortunately, but they are all amazing figures. Uh, now I will preface this by saying I was lazy, and I came up with ten <laughs> figures, but they are not ranked in any sort of order. So. I, I'm just I'm just gonna let I would be here for another two weeks if I was trying to get them, you know, number one, number two, number three. So mine are in no particular order. Sean did pull all the heavy lifting though, and he actually ranked his. So Sean, why don't you kick us off with your number ten? All right, number ten is two thousand X Buzz Off. Okay, okay. I I absolutely love the look of that figure, and I love uh, I know the the bum I always call it the bumblebee look, the vintage one, and even classics. Yeah. But I love the insect like way that they represented him. And, yeah, and and on top of that, he just looks like he could battle. He looks like he's ready for battle in that incarnation. And to this day, I'm still like, man, if classics could have done that body type and everything, that would just I'd, I'd probably weep because it's so freaking cool looking in a 2000X way. I'll, so. I'll agree with that. And I think I think that there's room uh, in a new series, like if they showed Andrenids, like that you'd have both body types. You know, humans yeah. come in many different body types. Like, why not? Why can't you have the more bumblebee Andrenids and the more wasp-like Andrenids? Like, that would be, mm-hmm. um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. In no particular order, uh, I'm going to start off with Triclops. And yes, I just say Triclops there because there is something about Triclops in every figure that I just love. The the vintage figure captured me as a kid. The 2000X was an amazing upgrade. The Classics one is utter perfection. Triclops is one character where across all of the lines he's been released, I've always been like, wow. It's either just something that's always grabbed me about him. So, Triclops. Across all lines. Nice. Okay. He doesn't even have that's the great, cool. He doesn't I... even have the greatest action feature per se, because it's... I mean, the spinning visor is cool and everything. I, I've never been able to place what it is about Triclops, but just that swordsman look with that green 
black color scheme. It just it's always worked for me. He's he is similar. The way that I always viewed him was similar to how I viewed Fisto, but for the bad guys, he he has that like he'd be out there like in the in the mini comics, he's out there fighting demons, and then Skeletor recruits him. You know, right. and, and basically he doesn't even recruit him; he basically just steals him. Well, he, he moment, hires but, him in that one. He hires he, him. Well, he's oh, the, he's the I thought hunter. he just stole him. Okay, my uh, my bad. Yeah, but I like the bounty hunter aspect of him. Because they don't really go there in Masters too often. No. And to have him be that guy, I, I like that even better than him being the tech guy in 2000X. Right. It, like, I always pictured him as like a ranger kind of a character. Exactly. You know, he, he had those different sites because of the long distance, and he could check out whatever. And he'd be somebody, yeah, bounty hunter or a ranger yep. and going out there and just going on adventures. Exactly. For his own gains or whatever. Yeah, so. All right. Number nine for Sean. All right, number nine for me is uh, Classics Tila. Okay, okay. Card back um, come to life. It, honestly, better than card back to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. she, she is one of those characters that when I was a kid, it's like, yeah, I had Tila. And she's there, and, you know, I'd have her, and, I, you know, we'd go on adventures with He-Man and Battle Cat and everybody. But, you know, the figure, her, the figure itself always had that lackingness yeah. to me. I don't know what it was. It just felt lacking. And then getting the classics one, it, it, like I remember holding her in my hand and just going like the amount of detail, the amount of like, – like she is one of the characters where I can legitimately say as a figure is beautiful. Um, and, and it's like the face sculpt that the Four Horsemen did for her. Um, all the little details in her and the way that you can swap off the snake armor head and that you could still have the head with the cap, the gold cap on it. And you could have her be maybe a different character if you wanted. You could also have the red hair on it and all yeah. that stuff. And then the ultimates one pulling in the battle ground teal ahead and the blonde teal ahead too. Um, versatile. On yeah. top of that. And I love that they gave her the 2000X sword. So it's not just here's the staff and here's a shield. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like she's got options got on top of that. So, exactly. yeah. All right. Uh, next, I'm going to go with. Oh, let's go. Mega Construct Scareglow. Yeah. Mega Construct Scareglow. <laughs> yes. I just, this, see, I only went vintage 2000X classics. He said, it. I like this. He said see, I like, across I all know. lines. And I know. This is the first time I've had a Scareglow in my hands. This is actually the figure that made me think more of Scareglow than just, eh, whatever. And honestly, all these Mega Constructs are so well done. Like, these guys who are running this line, they get Masters. They get what Masters is. Any of these little figures you hold, they're as incredibly detailed as it can be. They're well done, and they capture the essence of the character. So I, I could put anybody in there, but I'm going to put Scareglow because he made me reconsider. He's the one who made me want to get a classic Scareglow. Like, before that, I was just like, eh, he's an overpriced, he's an overused character, overrated character. But once I got this Constructs and Mega Constructs one in my hand, I'm like, this works. Like this, mm -hmm. this is an amazing thing, and that's what <laughs> made me start actually uh, looking to get a classic Scareglow, which will never happen. But 
Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> honorary mention to all the Mega Constructs line, but I'm specifically highlighting Scareglow here. Nice. I, I like that you went there only like that's your first taste of that character in that way. And it's like, you know, it, it's, it is that feeling of when you start something, it's like, that's the first one, right. you know, and, and it, it will always hold that place for you in that way. So that's really cool. That you went there. But honestly, any of them are great. Hold that little Fisto there or the He-Man, the Skeletor. They got the Merman out now. Like they all just, Oh my God, they're amazing. I can't, I can't say enough about mega constructs and, and, one of the reasons I keep saying it is because nobody else really is. They don't. Uh, they don't get as much love. I mean, Origins is getting all this love, but Sk- or Mega Constructs is doing it better, in my opinion. So that's mm. that's my soapbox. I'll step down, or we'll be here for yeah, half hour. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So number eight, we're up. Uh, we're up to number eight. All right. So that would be this one. This one was like a should I or shouldn't I? But I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, classics anti-attorney and he-man. I figured he'd be on your list. And I I can't help it. Like oh, I don't care good. about what don't they did apologize. in the multiverse book. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't care for the story in the in the multiverse comic. Well, and, and, and we went over that. That's the key but, here, though, because and I thought the same thing. He specifically said top ten figures. So I left yeah, all yeah. like there are different characters I would pick if we're talking about characters. This is just. Mm-hmm action figures so that's how i went into it in my mindset so so that figure um first off i didn't even know about him until i found out about the classics line and when i'm like wait a minute there's this chase figure and it's an all black he-man with red eyes and red hair what you know so automatically it made my imagination go on all sorts of tangents and wonder what is this about and then Mm -hmm. the most evil man in the universe so that's even to me that's trumping uh, Skeletor. Right. So it's like, what is the deal? And and part of why I say you know I didn't appreciate the way they did him in multiverse versus the figure itself and what the figure did for my imagination is that story did not go to the depths of what, in my opinion, his evil should be. Right. And and like my version of it would always be he's like he's like Michael Myers. He's just this force. He wouldn't want to talk to people. He wouldn't have snappy banter. He would just be this unstoppable force. And his whole his whole goal at the end of the day is destruction and and conquering everything. And, and it's like nothing is going to take that away from this man. And you're looking at, okay, the most powerful man of the universe versus the most evil man in the universe. And it's himself that's messing up my head and it's probably messed with He-Man's head finding this guy and going, what the hell happened to you? You know? So as, as a figure, he's like, he always was one that he would grab my eye whenever he's on my shelf. He always, and it's just, yes, it's a repaint of He-Man, but this proves a repaint can make your imagination go in a whole different way and it can do wonders for something that, he-Man's supposed to look this way, but then you put that one in front of somebody and they're like, what is that? You know? And it's like, yeah, the fun you will have. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, next, I'm going to go with the Hover Robots. They are ah. they are perfectly done. They stepped right off the screen, and it's figures that I've wanted since I was a kid. You know, I wanted the Hover Robots to go with Skeletor's army. 
So Classics <laughs> finally gave it to us. They're perfect. They got the different hands you can pop off. They got the stands so they float. They're, you know, they're just, they're done perfectly. Have to have them. There you go. I like it. All right. Um, let's see. What, number seven? Yes. Um, 2000X Man-at-Arms. Okay. Okay. Big turtle shell. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I love it. (laughs) The thing is, like, when I was a kid, Man-at-Arms was the teacher slash kind of father figure, you know? And the minute the horsemen released the 2000X photos to show what they wanted to do with the line, that was when I I said, holy crap. Like, He-Man's cool. I always like He-Man. He's he's that, you know, he's there. But Man-at-Arms looks amazing, you know? And... Uh, it, when I when I had them in hand, even with that stupid you know push button garbage they were doing on those figures to just yeah the, mm-hmm. the bring down the mallet thing or uh, you know his club, it's like no like just looking at that, I would have been happy with that just to be a statue like a statue, right. and that would have been perfectly fine by me. Um, and especially adding that missile and the cannon like they had in the in the animated series and stuff. It's like he he was like Iron Man. He's like a one man army yes. going into every battle, and that was way above and beyond how I ever pictured him. Right. And that that only helped his 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 figure, the look, and also the character in the story. I'm going to go classic Cyclone next. Um, oh. God, I love Cyclone. I can't say enough good things about him. And again, this was just, this was a perfect update. It's And if I have to choose nine times out of ten, the classics version is going to win for me just because I love all the added articulation, the posing. The the proportions are better, too. I know, I know the vintage always went for that more, you know, beefier upper, you know, kind of you know, strongman proportions, but I think classics nailed the proportion for me. I really like that aesthetic. So, um, mm-hmm. although the, the, you know, if, if they could have done the spinny, spinny belt thing, you know, <laughs> that would, that would, that would have catapulted him probably to the top spot, but that's, that is one action feature that is kind of missed, but my thumbs are also glad that he doesn't have it. Cause I just sit there all day spinning them. Hey, I I like that they at least had the nod to it. They didn't they didn't just like not sculpt. Yeah, they, that they little, sculpted the little the, dial turn there. in. I like that they did the dial at least. Yeah. So it, it, like you look at it and it's like, man, the feelings from childhood exactly. of being able to do that, but you're seeing it in this new way yeah. and all that stuff, and that's why that line matters as much as it does to me in my collection. Exactly. Um. All right, so we're going down the 2000x rabbit hole again with the next one. It is trap jaw. Oh, yes. Yes, that was amazing. I had guys who weren't even collecting Masters um, that picked up Trap Jaw just because he was so Mm -hmm. well done. I'm pretty sure he won Toy Fair's Toy of the Year the year he came out, or he was at least deplaced. He he is everything I didn't know I needed that figure to be. Like when I was a kid, he he always had that. Oh, he was this, you know, criminal yeah. kind of. Like I still like that from the mini comic. I, I wasn't thrilled with him just being, uh, you know, one of Skeletor's guys. I like the idea he's doing this thing or whatever uh, on his own. But then when I saw that, I'm like, my God, it's like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. I never, thought, I never thought of him like that either until they did it yeah. like that. 
So it, it made me it made me think of like, well, what did this guy go through? Yeah. You know, and like, is he it's almost like, you know, he's being kept alive just by mechanics and maybe he shouldn't be alive, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'd say the only thing about the character or the figure that I wish they did just a little differently is I felt like when I saw him in the photos, he should have been a little bigger. Yeah, he was scary. Like, he man, was it, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like Man at Arms was more of a hulking figure, and then when you see how they drew him on 2000X, the the show, it made you go like, I kind of wished he was a little more beefy looking or a little yeah. more at least robust. Um, but I, I think out of that line, those two just completely blew me away, and I'm like, shouldn't I be liking He Man and Skeletor <laughs> this much? No. But no. <laughs> they, they they managed to make those those uh, other characters just as amazing and vital. Yeah. So, well, I'll go ahead since mine are in no particular order. Anyways, I'll continue here. Uh, the two thousand X NECA Four Horsemen Snout Spout. Yes, I know it was a stack. I knew a Snout Spout was going to be on here. It was. It was, <laughs> and it was a tough. It was a tough decision between the classics and this one. Um, but I wanted to give. I wanted to give a shout-out to the Four Horsemen, and I think this is one of their best upgrades, where they took Snout Spout and really amped him up to the next level. You know, similar to what they did with Trapjaw. It's like they made you... Like, the vintage one... I mean, I've always loved Snout Spout. He's my favorite... One of my favorite, you know, heroic warriors. But the vintage, it took you just like, okay, he's a guy with a robotic elephant head. And then they came out with their take on him, and they're like, no, he's like this armored, firefighting, like, tank. You know, he's got, he's got robotic, he's, his whole body's robotics, he's got all his armor, and, you know, the huge, the, the, the nose and everything, and it's just like, and that's how you crank it up to 11 for You know, and they made yeah. me look at him in a way, even loving the vintage snouts about it, made me look at him in a way like, I never thought of him like that, you know. So, mm-hmm. and uh, and classics is right there too. So, but it's just the way they upgraded him. It was like it was a perfect upgrade. See, that's the thing. You doing what you're doing makes me want to redefine my list because <laughs> I completely just went figures, and I didn't even think the stactions because he would be on. Yeah, it. he would definitely be on my list if I would have remembered that before making my list. <laughs> um, I actually did a commission at him. Yes, um, about a year or two ago, and I I just remember drawing him going. As much as I love this action, I hate the four horsemen because there's so much detail I'm trying to capture in this thing that I'm feeling like is never going to be good enough. It yeah. was, but um, yeah, talk, that, talk that to version, Emiliano about trying to replicate the four I, horsemen's design. I, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to that, and I'm like, I. I I didn't do it panel by panel, but man, I feel you just because I have attempted it a couple of times. It's not an easy feat. Just but, go listen to episode 48 if you don't know what we're talking about. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. And uh, I, I mean, out of all the stations, I will say that one is the one where I just – it was it was like uh, in all those animated shows where the eyes get really big yeah. and you go, ooh. You know, it's like that's how I felt seeing that staction because it was – it's like I've never looked at Snout Spout in a way that wasn't at least a little like I'd I'd be giggling a little bit. Right. Then when I saw that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like like oh, I will never joke about this character again. You know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so 
Um, well, since mine is only varied to vintage 2000X and classics, we'll still stick to that. <laughs> so the next one on my list, number, I get what? One, two, three, five, four. Okay, number five. Number five is Classics Web Store. Okay, okay. Nice figure. And um, he is a fi- like he's a figure that when I was a kid, yeah, the rope and the the whole, you know, he could he could climb or or go down the rope was okay and all that stuff. He never really did much for me. He he always was a little more of a like it, filmation didn't add to his character, mm-hmm. so I always felt like he was just kind of there. But then when I see the classics one, this is where the this is why the classics line still matters to me. It's right. like you look at that and it's like this is this is representing him in a way where now he looks fierce. He looks ready for battle, and he just looks like he could do some damage now. And I love, especially they gave him the uh, the little um, the mandibles, appendages. or yeah. not mandibles, the extra appendages, though. And um, them doing that on classics was such a cool little added detail. Yes. I loved it. So and it makes people, it works it for makes him people beautifully. know he's a spider, which some kids did not yes. realize he was a spider. Yeah, yeah, and and that was it, it, like the, the one when I was a kid. It was like he kind of had this piggy face with with fangs. Yeah, I you thought, know? I thought that, he was just a demon. Like, eh. It's like yeah, I thought he was whip, yeah. like Whiplash. He's just a demon. That's how I play. He's a demon with a grappling hook. Like I never. Yeah. Even with the name Web Store, it's like I was I was mm-hmm. way too old to have been figuring that one. I went, oh, Web yeah. Store. And and then on top <laughs> of that, like uh, again, the stactions. Yeah, that yeah. was a that's the way I want him to be represented. But yeah. since he couldn't be an actual like articulated figure, classics definitely up the ante on that. So, Absolutely. yeah, um, let's see. Let's do Granamir again. Granamir. Granamir, a figure I never thought I would get a figure I always wanted since I was a kid. And he looks perfect. I still want him. But. Uh, maybe someday. But yeah, Granamere. Red Granamere. Classics. Utter perfection. Nice. Yeah, he. I have I have yet to see. I've, like you said, I've seen the green one, but not the red one as often. So. No, people hold on to those red ones. So. <laughs> and my son's down in the basement <laughs> now nope. deciding that Batman needs to make a cameo on the show. Um, all right. So cool. number four is Classics Ram Man. Sure. Absolutely. Um, he he was a game changer of a figure when I finally got one. Um, did not expect to love that figure as much as I did, and not I did not expect him to be a brick. Yeah, that guy is heavy compared to the other line, the rest of the line. So you have this freaking like brick of a figure. I love the sculpt of the face. I love the sculpt of his fists. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I wish they could have reused that more than just Tuscador. Yeah. To have more of these figures like that, because those are some of my favorites of the entire line. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. I'll let the classic Sorceress. Uh, uh, which one? Temple of Darkness no, or the tradition? No, not Temple of Darkness. Do you know me at all? <laughs> Hill Nation, obviously. I do, but I'm asking. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the orange, oh. blue... Wing Sorceress, even with the drums on her back, I still think they nailed, that one's nailed more than any other uh, mm-hmm. Sorceress. That sentence didn't come out like I meant it to. Uh, they <laughs> nailed the look of that figure. That is, mm-hmm. I look at that and I go, yes, that is my 
definitive sorceress. Um, yeah. Again, yeah, not, but... not to tangent too far, but I got—I never had the vintage sorceress as a kid. Uh, in high school, thanks to eBay, I was able to secure a vintage sorceress. And I remember, I remember just being underwhelmed. I'm like, this is not. The headdress was weird. The pop-up wings. I'm like, I don't. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, it's technically the sorceress, but it, it didn't quite hit it for me. Um, and then, you, obviously, many years later, when classics unveiled theirs, I'm like, yes, that is a sorceress. And and like it, it, the the vintage one always reminded me of a Silverhawks ripoff. Yes, I'm like because that, that line was going on. It, it had that feel to it, and and even as a kid, I would have got her because she's the sorceress. Yeah, but I would have got her and been like, but she doesn't feel like a sorceress. She doesn't. Whereas in classics, yeah. Um, and and, and uh, sorry, the the filmation, the Club Grayskull one just doesn't work for me. It's like no, this yeah, there's something the classics that, one that is legit. Is that is mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah and yeah, I can't definitely. put my finger on it. I'm not sure what it is, but you hold the two side by side and I go, no, the first release one. I'm like, that's it. They that's the sorceress, you know. So. Definitely. I don't have her. I got Temple of Darkness, and that one still works yeah. for me well, based on skull. I at least have a sorceress. Yeah. But but yeah, that that is one that I should have had that on my list the other day when we talked about it on the show. The what what's on That's your list true. still? It's like she's still out there. Still I haven't even gotten there. her yet. So all right, it, my son is asking questions. Sorry, no, what? what? Where's my Batman Batarang? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants to know where his Batman Batarang is, and I'm like, I have no idea. Oh yeah, so, no, we're picking up. We're yeah. picking up nicely. It's we're good. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say hi? Hi. Oh, he's a, come here. Hi, Just say hi real quick. <laughs> here, have let me put Batman. this down. Come here, come here, real quick. As it being Tarzan, Hello. right here. There you go. Hi. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all about the kids. All right, all right. grabbing my I list again. Let's see. We're getting down there. We are three. We're at the top three finally. And on my list, I, another classics. Um, Scareglow. Yep. Yep. Had to do it. Yep. Had to do it. Uh, there's there, like he he was the first version of the Scareglow face like like you you know yeah. Mega Constructs was yours uh, classics I the first one I ever got it was like under a hundred dollars the guy was giving me a deal for a couple figures together and 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 he was one of them yeah. and I'm like I wasn't expecting to get him and I thought I'll pull the trigger why not and then I get him in hand and I'm looking at him going like. The face is – he looks maniacal. Yeah. It, it looks like something that would be laughing in the darkness and creeping you out. And that, that cape and the fact that it's translucent near the bottom and all that stuff mm-hmm. and the, the, the reliquy, I think it's called. Yeah. Or, uh, I forget. But uh, the fact that they added that to the character on top of it, I love. So he, he's just got this really spooky vibe that like until you get him in hand – it doesn't quite, you know, like yeah. you're going to see him and go, everybody loves this guy. What? But the yeah, minute you get him in hand and you see him glowing in the dark, yep. it's like, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> it. like there's something to it still. So, All right. 
And again, mine are in no particular order. I've been jumping around randomly here. So, but, vintage. I know, shocking, but vintage Battle Armor Skeletor. Oh, okay. And this could have been either one of the Battle Armors, but the Skeletor always uh, always was a little more striking to me with that, that dark color scheme, the bat on his chest, and of course the fact that you hit it and it shows the dents, and then you can repair them and do it all again. Um, yep. And that's why I had to go vintage on this one. Um, the Battle Armor figures were, were like, my... I probably used the battle armors most as He-Man and Skeletor playing as a kid. Um, for number one, my battle armor, or my regular He-Man, the harness broke on him, the clasp, so it wouldn't stay on. So I didn't like playing with him after a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the battle armor Skeletor just looks so cool, and you could do the battle action, like I said, the damage and everything. And that's honestly one case where the classics don't work for me as well. While they still look cool, they don't have that feature. And whoever can... Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, this might be a case where Origins uh, hits pretty high for me, um, depending on how well that action feature works on it, because that is one where it's kind of like you need the action feature. And to this day, I still remember playing with those and, and playing with that drum. I mean, I wore out my Skeletor's drum. It would not stay anymore. It was always double damage. I could not get it to roll back uh, in my later years of playing with mm-hmm. it because that's how much I used that. So, vintage mm-hmm. Battle Armor Skeletor. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, number two for me is Classics Fisto. Okay, okay. Um, he, I love that they gave you the option. You could do 2000 X or vintage with them. And, you know, like to me, I always liked the original figure, but this one was just like, hold my beer, you know, like in that way, this one, this one is like the, the horseman just said, the vintage figure is nice, isn't it? And then they just unveil this and it's, it's like, this is the best representation of that that character in that figure, the, the details alone just on his, his, um, his armor yeah. and on his belt and everything are, are so amazing to me. And again, he's one of those, he's a, he's a really high price figure, but I will never feel that I got gypped for getting right. him, you know, in that way. And I, and I love that the, like I said, the versatility. Yeah. 2000 X, you want to go there? The only difference is you just don't have the giant fist, right. you know, like other than that, it, it still works. Absolutely. So, and that sword, I forgot about the sword. That sword is <laughs> cool. Yes. Like, like it, you can't display him with it, but you know, other than it being in a sheath, or if he's holding it by the the handle, and you point the sword down so that you don't mess up the uh, the wrist articulation too much. But yeah, that that is a glorious figure. Absolutely. So. All right, uh, he's got to be up here. Most powerful man in the universe. Classics, <laughs> He Man, the first oh, edition. Nice. This is the He-Man where I said, after Vintage came out, 2000X came out, I had all the 2000X that I wanted, and they're they they they're going, okay, now we're going to do classics. And I'm going, nah, 
I'm good. I got. I, I've had vintage. I've got two thousand X. I'm. I'm good. I'll sit this one out. And then I see that He Man, and I go. All right, I'm gonna get He Man <laughs> because it just <laughs> it's it's card back come to life. It is the essence of mm-hmm. He Man. It is the. It is the best representation of He-Man, in my opinion. It's like I said; it's the proportions are more pleasing than the vintage to me. It's got you look at that figure standing up there, and I can see Sean's background, so it is standing right there. Uh, and it's just like that. That's He-Man. You show that to anybody who was born nineteen seventy-five to nineteen ninety, and you go, and they go, "Oh, He-Man." You know, it's just, mm-hmm. that is the quintessential figure to me, and I could not do this list without having a He-Man on it, and that's got to be the one. Sure. And, and, yeah, like, that that was the hardest part about 10 over the line. Yes. Because for me, it's like, I, I it's the whole, you know, you got to kill your children kind of thing mm-hmm. to come up with this list. And, you know, like, I wanted him to be on it. I wanted the classics one to be on it. Yep. And I just kept finding all these other things. So, um, yeah, number one on my list um, actually is Vintage He-Man. Okay. And uh, he's the only Vintage figure I put on there. But the thing is, without that figure and without that argument with my mother at the toy <laughs> store – Yep. I would never have gotten – I mean I'm sure I would have gotten into it because it was a thing. Yeah. It was just a phenomenon. Everybody was into it, but – But I I chose this line based on that figure, and that's why like anybody goes, well, who's your favorite? It's like it's He-Man every freaking time. And then it's like, well, yeah, then I have Manny Faces yep. or Fisto I can jump to really quick. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, no, it's that figure. That's the one that, that captured – my imagination, it took me down all this rabbit hole. He, he he was that figure that just goes, come check out where I live, yeah. dude. And the, all of a sudden, boom, I'm in Eternia, and I'm scared to death of everything. And he just shows up and goes, I got this. And he starts fighting stuff around you, and you're like, you got this. Yeah. You know, like it, it's like, you know, I, as a kid, it felt like how it felt to be like Courtney Cox watching him fight all the – the uh, bounty hunters mm-hmm. yeah, on earth, you know, except it was Eternia you were on. And it was like crazy crap in the dark coming out after. It's exactly. like, he man's there. He's got this. I'm the most powerful man in the universe. Yep. So yeah, it all starts with that one. No matter what I do. There you go. <laughs> uh, for mine, it's just the, the quintessential figure, the upgrade, the, the nailed it again. It's you show it to anybody and they're like, Oh yeah. Um, Obviously, out of the classics line. Uh, but I'm going to go with Battle Cat. I came so close to putting him on mine, too. <laughs> I, I had to, man. That that figure. Because, again, and I've told this story before. I won't go into the whole thing. But it's like, okay, I'm just going to get He-Man. Then it's like, okay, I'm just going to get He-Man, She-Ra, Skeletor, Hordak. And then, like, oh, but there's Battle Cat. And it's just like, oh, my God, yeah. that's that's Battle Cat. Like, that, Yes. you know, the, 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 arti- the articulation. Because even, I mean, the Vintage had none. The 2000X had a little bit, but you still couldn't pose it. Again, it was push-button, you know, beholden. So, 
And then this came out just like, I can do so much with him. And, you know, he fits He-Man, the armor, the details they added to the armor, the paint, the, you know, they darkened it up a bit, but they did some highlights, and it just... And again, you show it to anybody, and even if they can't say that's Battlecat, they go, oh, that's He-Man's cat, that's He-Man's tiger, that's, you know... I mean, he is, he, you know, people say that's, that's his mount. That's not, that's He-Man's sidekick. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the Robin to He-Man's Batman. That is, yep. uh, and, and the Four Horsemen, again, they just nail that classics iteration is the battle cat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, I actually was on a search for one and trying not to spend like yeah. $200 on them. And and there was this one day where, um, for anybody that doesn't know, they they do things called waffles on Facebook with certain groups. And this one group, I I did a, yeah. a, like a web raffle. I, I I put in a couple bucks for it, and I figured, what the heck? And I didn't think anything of it. I usually don't watch them because I get too much anxiety <laughs> thinking, yeah. I would have win, but I might not. I I, I can't do it. I, yeah. it just it's too much. So this one day, this package arrives, and then I'm like, oh. I okay, you know, like I, I guess I won something. I didn't expect it. And I open it up on a live and I'm thinking, I don't even know what this is. This is really cool that I got something. Right. And I'm doing the live and all of a sudden I open it up and there's there's classics battle cat looking at me. I almost started crying. Yeah. Cause I'm just standing there going, I want this. Yeah. And how did I find it? You know, like it all just worked out in that way. And it's like the minute I pulled him out and I'm looking at him, it's like this is probably – and that's why I said I really wanted to put it on the list. Right. And uh, it's like you know, killing your children. Yes. Classics He-Man didn't get on there. Vintage Battle Armor He-Man. Classics Battle oh, Cat. I, those, are, I'm surprised. those are definitely three <laughs> I wish I could have put on. So I'm surprised uh, Snake Armor He-Man didn't make it on there for you. That was the one I was waiting for from you. He was, but once we got he higher, was, I he knew was, he wasn't going to come by I when I had to incorporate 2000 X, yeah. that's what ended up screwing up my list because if I went all classics, he would have made it, and so would probably have uh, just traditional classic Seaman as well. Right. But uh, and Battle Cat, those would have yeah. probably rounded out my list right there. So uh, good yeah. thought provoking question, very hard choices. <laughs> um, yeah, Whew. that was a good one. There's too many good choices. That's the problem with this line. It's like, man, between nostalgia and between what the horseman brought to it, it's like, whew. you'd have to almost do like a top 20 list for me to feel like I have a completely rounded version. But no, I'm not going to do that right no. now. We got other stuff. To I do. think you'd have to break it down. <laughs> I would do maybe a top five out of every line. Or maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can, and honestly, you come back to me in two weeks, ask me the same question, and you might get a different 10. You know, uh, so it's just the way it goes. So thank you, mm-hmm. RJ Clark. Uh, thanks all you guys who have supported us. And uh, let's get to a review, huh? All right, guys, it's time. It's been a while since we've done an episode review. So, Sean, what are we talking about today? Ah, well, for the 50th, we had to go and do a little something bigger than just the typical stuff we've been doing. And for this one, um, I managed to convince Matthew that one of my absolute favorite 2000X episodes had to be done. Mm-hmm. We are doing Council of Evil, Part 1, Part 2, and The Last Stand, which to me are 
definitely some of the best the 2000X series had to offer. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, it really is a trilogy. It's, uh, you know, I honestly, I wish that they had just titled The Last Stand Council of Evil Part 3. Like, I, sure. I, I, I think it would have been uh, uh, better. The only thing I, I'm trying to think back to when it premiered, I think they might have already released the season two episode list by this time. Um, and, and of course you wouldn't want to tip your hat that mm-hmm. it's, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Because this is, this is the 25th and 26th episode of season one is the two part council of evil. And then season two, episode one is the last stand. So, um, mm-hmm. That's probably about the only reason they didn't do it, just to not tip off that it's going to be a season-ending cliffhanger. The funny thing is, in the U.S., they actually did not air Council of Evil until season two premiered. Because um, the the bigwigs at Cartoon Network thought that kids couldn't handle a cliffhanger. And so they refused... <laughs> I am I'm dead serious. I thought that the kids would be confused by the cliffhanger. Um, so they refused to air the Council of Evil episodes until season two premiered. Uh, which is dumb on all regards. Uh, but what happened was in Canada, I forget the TV station it was airing on up there. I should know it too. Uh, but they were smart, and they said, well, no, of course kids are going to want a cliffhanger. So they aired it. They aired it right at, right, it's because when, uh, so in the U.S., season one really ended with separation, and then we had to mm-hmm. break until season two premiered. Uh, in Canada, they went, in the week after separation, they aired Council of Evil Part 1, and the week after that, they aired Council of Evil Part 2, and then they had their break. So... A lot of us guys in the U.S. then got onto torrent sites, which, uh, you know, some are still around, to, or torrent apps. And uh, I don't think LimeWire is still around, so I'll throw it out there. But yes, I personally use LimeWire and downloaded the Council of Evil two-parter. And me and my friends gathered around my laptop computer uh, and watched it because we we're not going to wait for the break, especially when, you know, spoilers were out there. I was actively mm. avoiding the He-Man.org message boards, the, you know, all that stuff. Like, I couldn't, uh, luckily there wasn't Facebook or anything, or it probably would have definitely been ruined for me. Yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, I couldn't go on the message boards. I couldn't go to He-Man.org. I could, because people were talking about it. Of course they were. I mean, it was, it was big. It was a big deal to all of us. Sure. But so I, I, I remember I had to, I would start LimeWire before I went to work. And by the time I got home, it, it was a good like eight hours to download one of these episodes. I mean, we're talking, wow. we're talking, uh, dial up speeds. This is 2000, 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. And, uh, yeah, it, it took forever <laughs> to get a 20 minute episode, but we did it. And we sat down, and we watched it, and we were shocked and amazed. So, uh, And, of course, uh, got to give credit, these were written by Dean Stefan, and they were directed 
by everyone's favorite director, Gary Hartel. So, <laughs> uh, Sean, was your first time with these on uh, DVD? No, um, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Okay, so but still, yeah, after, that was after well mm-hmm. after they premiered. Yeah, no. I again, I'm I'm a Johnny come lately to yeah. the 2000X the way that I found it, but um, and all of my my feelings of you know it, it was trying and it wasn't sticking the landing the way I was hoping to at points. I think this was the one that no matter what I was like, wow, like it, this is how I've always waited to see action sequences and the chips are down, the stakes are high, and all this stuff. And it's now, did got you, every. Mm-hmm. Did you know anything going into it, or were you spoiler no. free going into it? Nope i I knew nothing of what each episode was going to be, except I just would play them. Uh, there was somebody that had the playlist on YouTube back in like 2005 when I started giving it a second chance. Probably, and I didn't. I think it was probably because they're still around and they still got them up there. That's my go-to. If I still want to watch them, I'll do YouTube over putting in the DVDs. But, uh, yeah, like that, I, I, from episode to episode, my interest was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when this one hit, just the beginning of it was enough for me to go. Now you're talking what I've always wanted to see. Now you're, you're speaking my language. They got that element of it. And then on top of it, the rest of the story, it's like, oh my gosh. Like I have issues. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish anything that Dean Stefan did with this series, but I feel like there are definitely episodes where I watch them and I go, why did you make this choice? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Like in the beginning, the battle scenes lasting too long as filler right. and some of that stuff. And, and I didn't like the speechifying of the sorcerers. And then we have uh, power of Grayskull where I feel like there was, there was too much speechifying and not enough other things that could have been going on. And, and the whole, the power was in you all, along. <laughs> you know, that no, but this one from beginning to end, this was like Dean Stefan was like on firing on every cylinder, yeah, every cylinder to make this episode, this three parter, yes. just speak to me on that. Like you get this, you get what I've been wanting for so long. Yep. All right, guys, we're gonna jump right into it here for you. So what I've got here, just so you know, it's it's a specially edited version of Council of Evil and Last Stand. It's going to run straight through. No stops, no credits, no next times. Um, so if you want to follow along in us this time, I will uh, upload this edited copy to YouTube. Go to our channel, Legends of Grayskull Podcast, uh, and you can see it there. I'll title it Council of Evil Trilogy. Um, so you can play along with that, and you'll be right with us. Or we'll point it out when the episodes end. And you'll see the new title cards come out because they they always showed on screen rather than like filmation. Um, but yeah, so either either follow along on YouTube with our Council of Evil trilogy or you'll have to pause us here and there if you're following along or just listen along with us and, uh, and you'll be good to go. Um, or just go to YouTube and look up this video because, again, you will see it here if you're on the uh, video version. This is just for our audio listeners if you want to follow along at home. So, without further ado, 
let's jump right in. All right, I'll get the countdown. Three, two, one. When I say one, you hit play. Three, two, one. He is still Adam. Still Prince of Eternia. This is still Cringer, his fearless friend. Fabulous secrets will be revealed to me. One of these days I'll finish it. I should, eh, I should go back bother. through and edit this with the, uh, with that intro from the world of He-Man where he does actually say it all. That'd be pretty cool. I like that but they, I, you, I was, sorry, I like that they finally mm-hmm. made little animals that look like the pterodactyl vehicle. Like that was a cool, uh, world building touch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just forgot that was right at the beginning. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my happy spot because one of my absolute favorite episodes is on. So. And you know, <laughs> I got to remind myself. I actually should should have a commentary here. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like, yeah, and that's yes. About there it, might be so. periods of quiet here, but uh, you know what? Though it felt like <laughs> you reached something here in the beginning here. Um. Like, with, you got too bad now. You got Stinkor. You got, you know, you got, like, it feels like everything's come together. Like, Skeletor's finally amassed all his forces. Like, you're gearing up for an ending. And you start right off here at the beginning of this two-parter, and it's all your evil warriors versus, like, all your masters right now. And it's like, okay, this is what mm-hmm. we, the whole season's been this world-building, this stake-raising all right, you've got Stinkor, I've got Cyclone, I, you, you've got Too Bad, I've got, you know, Moss Man. And yeah. right off the bat here, that's where they started, you know. And it, it feels so earned. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it, it's cool to see, it, like, th- that is definitely a huge part of the this opening yes. is, like, you get that... F- Okay, everybody's fully powered yes. here. We got we got equal powers on both sides. And then the other thing too is when you see like Roboto for mm-hmm. instance, when you watch Roboto's Gambit, yeah. you're going it, to it's like this show gives you a really good way of like when you see each one showing up, you're not just seeing them showing up and that's it. You're remembering what led them to be part of what is happening here right now because of the storylines they've been developing throughout the series. Exactly. And so, like, Roboto's Gambit, like, him showing up right there just made me go, I want to help, you know. And it's like, here he is. He's he's a huge part of the – he's a key character within the Masters. And when that, when I see Too Bad, I'm thinking of separation, and I'm thinking of him going after um, Manny Faces and the whole episode with that. And, you know, it's like there's, there's, a, there's a journey that this series does yeah. that that's why I always will go this – this above filmation works for me on that level alone. And it means something to me that it did that, you know? Exactly. I think it froze. I think it did too. The internet was angry that day, my friends. All right, we're back. Um, that was weird, but okay. Hopefully, no more glitching. 
Yeah, mine's still frozen, unfortunately, but I'm I'm listening. At least I can hear it. It's catching up. Um, and I love that that He Man is is the one to to stop them here and to take them all down. It's like, okay. Well, this is how I played. Yeah, and and this this was the most perfect example. Like, if if anybody asked me, you know. Well, when you played with your figures, I'd be like, watch the beginning of that episode. Like, this is legitimately, like, I, I always had He-Man getting into these situations where all of his friends were not able to help him somehow. And that's how Adam finally just goes, fine, I, you know, by the power of Grayskull, he would do it as He-Man. And it, this, it's like, between the fight choreography and just them letting him, it, it's, it, it reminds me of, uh, here we go, I'm doing yeah. it. Uh, Justice League Unlimited with, you know, Superman going up against Star It's like the whole, you know, the world's made of cardboard, but you can take it, can't you? You know, it, it's got that kind of feeling to this situation. It's like, I feel like on this show, there are more times than not where I, He-Man is almost like a WMD kind of a character. Yeah. They They pull him out at the last minute when all hope is lost and all that. And he's just kind of like that megaton bomb that they send into the situation sometimes and here it's like no he's also a warrior he's also somebody who single-handedly could do this if he had to you know and and i love that they're letting him do it and you can see that even the villains are given it off the leash moment here you know it's kind of you know spoiler alerts if you haven't seen this before but this is kind of a parallel to what we'll see at the end of the two-parter and begin to yes. last stand here. Where Agreed. Right, where he actually does, you know, he's he's facing everybody, you know. But he's actually winning here. Mm-hmm. Well, it, again, spoiler-wise, he's, he's facing... He's facing Skeletor's troops right now, but at the end, he's facing everybody. Right, that's what and I mean. That, it's like, because yeah, it gets, it, yeah, it makes like, you think, like, here's all the masters, here's He-Man, he, he's able, he's able to take them all down, and then we're going to come up against all the evil warriors, plus the Council of Evil, and it's like, okay, now this is even too much, you know, it's, like, He-Man barely mm-hmm. made it out of there, so... God, I'm doing it again. This show did a good job of getting a power level to him where I could agree with it. Right. Because, you know, like we've said it before, I don't like filmation when he goes to the point where he can lift Castle Grayskull and throw it. You know, I don't like those kind of things because it's too. There is something to be said about like he could be a Hercules character. But then when you push it to a certain level, then it's like, well, how would anybody even fight this guy? You know, right. it's same with Superman, same with and and like they've done things in this show to actually go out of their way and go, okay, he man could get the power of Grayskull knocked out of him if he's going up against something that he doesn't understand. Like the, uh, that's why I love the Ramstone. It's one of my ab- absolute favorite 
art artifacts they've ever done on on any series because it's the first time you ever saw him get hit with something so hard that it knocked him back into Adam, which I always wondered if that would happen when I was a kid. Right. So on here, it's like, yeah, you see him fighting all of them and you get that feeling like, yes, he can do this. He could do this if he had to. But the thing is, like, Evil Lynn, he's going up against magic. Right. He's not just going fisticuffs versus clawful whiplash too bad. You know, it's like he's getting hit by magic. And when he gets hit with that, Cam Clark does a really good job with that yell where you can sense it's hurting him pretty darn bad when she's fighting him in that mm-hmm. way. So, you know, it's like he's got his they, – they almost give him like He-Man has his wheelhouse, but then there's other things bigger than him on different levels that he still is having trouble going up against. So he's not the know-all, end-all solution to every problem they have. Exactly. Yeah, and he, he always needed the, the Masters in this series, and I love that. I love that He-Man's most powerful man in the universe, but that doesn't mean he's powerful enough to do it alone. You know, that's, I mean, oh, there we go, Web Store Marzo. Yeah. And we did see the brief glimpse of Web Store in Snake Pit, so this was a nice payoff um, when he shows up here. Probably one of my only complaints is I would have liked a little bit of a, a time pass type of thing right here. Because um, it just feels too much like we locked everybody up and now we're all heading out. I would have liked like uh, just a little, th- show a little bit of a season change or even throw some dialogue in there like, well, it's been it's been weeks and Skeletor hasn't mounted an attack without his warriors. You know, something like that. Yeah. Well, that and and the idea, like, I like that you don't know the next plan because this does kind of leave it in a... Oh, yeah. Would Skeletor really let this happen? You know, like, you're you're questioning the motives of of the main villain, but you're seeing the the heroes all just like, okay, off they go in their own directions and all that. Like Skeletor says, divide and conquer. There is a part where I would love to have seen, without it ruining the story... Him going to the people he selected as his counsel yeah. and what that would have been like for him to address right. this because each of those people has suffered a defeat. Well, that is. And it's, you know, is it the whole, you know, is he, I, I'll give you another chance, right. you know, kind of a well, thing. Well, and or he something. also had to go to them like, okay, look, that's why I think this has to be, even though they don't explicitly say it here, I think it has to be like at least. At least a few weeks, at least a month afterwards, like, Skeletor went to all these people and he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And the biggest part of the plan is, once my evil warriors get captured, you have to be, you have to lay low. Like, don't try anything. Don't try to attack. Don't, you know, Marzo, yes, you're going to see that my evil warriors are out, but don't cause any trouble. Because that's the biggest part of this plan is lulling the masters into this false sense of security where they're like, well, Skeletor knows he can't beat us. So he's just going to stay holed up in snake mountain, you know, and everyone else has caught, isn't causing trouble or the giants or Marzo or, you know, nothing. So that's the only way Mm -hmm. this really works is that there's a period of time between it, but they don't, they don't dwell on it. They jump on. I just, again, I just wish there'd been a little bit of dialogue there. That's showed like, Oh, look, there has been, some time passage. Skeletor is playing the long game on this one. He didn't tell any of yeah, his evil yeah. warriors. 
Now, it's a great plan, honestly. Um, even Marzo here, you know, setting up with, with Mechanek to... Yeah, I, I like the fact that each of them, each of them for the ones that we've seen in, in other episodes do right. have that. We're getting back at the the master that made us need to join this fight right. now, the, or the the reason that we're here and all that. Because, um, like we haven't talked about uh, Buzzoff's pride or anything right. yet, but that that was one of those storylines where when when it does end. Yeah. As a kid, knowing full well how bullies could be, there was that feeling of, I don't think that's going to be any of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, eh, I'm pretty sure they might be another problem later on down the road. But, yeah. I really wish they could have made those giants in classics. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have loved to have them on my shelf, too. Manners is the only one thinking straight. He's like, look, we left everyone else go. Yeah. But even he's thinking, he's like, no, we're not dumb enough to just leave the prison undefended. Which, again, that's part of Skeletor's plan, because none of his plan involves getting his warriors out. You know? He's... Uh, this, yeah. This plan from Skeletor is Skeletor at his best. I mean, you... And the funny thing is, everyone gets on Evil Lynn about, oh yeah, Evil Lynn's always betraying Skeletor, She 2000X especially, she's always, you know, double-cross him and everything. Skeletor, his whole plan involves his wards being captured, and pretty much never freeing them. Like, it, you get the, the thought later, like, oh, maybe, maybe the, if they, uh, you know, maybe after everything's conquered, I might go really, I might go grab them, but they're not an integral part of the plan in any part, except to get captured. So he's, he's yeah. just as bad. <laughs> and this is why this is, and the thing is you, you couldn't do this episode just like we, we mentioned that on the last episode, like what would be that, that one that one episode that you could point a fan to and go, this is why I love it. Yeah. Or this is, this is this, the culmination of everything masters that this is why I love it the way I do. And it's like this one, it stands on everything before right. it. it needs to have those things. It needs to have that, that um, the antagonism between each of those warriors that are now picking off the masters one by one. It needs to have all the buildup leading to this point for why Skeletor, because Skeletor is really going for it yeah. on these episodes. He's coming up with every possible way. Uh, it, you know, I've tried to go above it. I've tried to go through yeah. it. Now I have to go under it, and he he just hits those. It, it, he's he's so frustrated by all this, and it you know it's like well every turn it's the master stopping him, divide and conquer. It it ah. Yeah. And this this sequence Go ahead. Yeah. is one of my absolute favorites. This is the Han Solo shoots first against Darth Vader moment of Masters of the Universe. You know, but it's even more than that. It's it's the way it's the way Skeletor shows up and he's just him calling him Duncan right off the bat. Like mm -hmm. that's you get that 
we talked about before on the show, you get that history. And just a yeah. simple, just him calling him Duncan instead of Man Arm shows like, dude, I remember you. I remember you when you were a punk, snot-nosed teenager hanging around with me and Randor. Like, I know you. I fought you. I, I've beaten you. Uh, you beat him. You know, like, it's this history that you don't need to go into. You just get it in the way the dialogue is there. You know, he, he said, Duncan, you know, now you don't have Captain Randor to protect you. Like, I, yeah. you know... And it's it's it, like you said, it's telling who pretty much who everybody takes on as far as picking them off here. And the fact that Skeletor said out of everything, Duncan's mine. I'm getting mm-hmm. him personally. You know, it shows that 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 uh, that that. Oh my god, I can't think of the word. That feud that goes back longer that we've never seen, but you get it. Yeah. That's a just great animation, too. Yeah. This whole sequence, I mean, it, uh, this part coming up where where he just unleashes. Yeah. like w- The first time I ever saw that happen, I, I remember just going like, damn! Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was something that he could actually do. Right? And, and I feel really stupid for thinking that. But... Yeah, it's like, but but the thing is, that's also his. This is this right. is my last ditch. If this doesn't work, I don't know what will. Right. Moment. It's, it's everything, and, and I love that when the smoke there. clears. There that's he is. It. Yeah, he's got him. It's over. The armor yeah. falls off. See that, like I know, I know how you know. Filmation and Alan Oppenheimer are such an iconic take on Skeletor. Right. I get it. I'm, uh, you know, and, and I grew up with it too. And and for me, that was that was Skeletor the way he was supposed to be mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Except my Skeletor wasn't quite the one that would say boob and stuff like that. You right. know, he he was a little more Alcala meets Oppenheimer, I guess. But when I watched this one, it's like. This is how I always hoped that they'd represent him because he's not supposed to be someone who you'd point at and call and make a meh meme about him. This is Skeletor done in the way where it's flat out. He is vengeful. He he has no qualms right. with throwing anybody under the bus if it means he gets to get what he wants out of the deal, exactly. which we're seeing it right here. And he he is a force to be reckoned with in this show and him taking out man at arms. If you didn't see it leading up to this episode, him taking out man at arms is really showing you he man's got his hands full with this guy. It's not just going to be a simple he man shows up and Skeletor runs away. He just took out one of the most powerful warriors that the that eternos has exactly like man at arms like i love that in the first episode adam you know we need we need a a warrior to protect protect eternia and here's man at arms you know and he was like passing the bill off to him and here it is like man at arms couldn't do it and and i love how that just shows there is a need and Adam needs to rise up in these moments and all that stuff and and i love that moment jumping back real quick um where Skeletor and Man Arms are fighting, and Skeletor's gotten pinned down, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Man Arms realizes what's really going on. When he's like, "You wanted them to be captured," it's like, and you uh-huh. see that look in his eyes, like because 
And it, honestly, it harkens back to that Power of Fear comic where it's like, at the end of the day, what Man in Arms has is his brain, and you can just see that moment where he's like, he outsmarted me. Like, his yeah. plan, what, yeah. I couldn't even imagine the lengths he go to in this plan. You know, and that's and that's when he does that all-out boom, 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 because he's like, okay, this is it. That's all I have left. And it's just, it, it's yeah. Man in Arms perfectly, and it's setting up what we said, because the next episode after Last Stand is to walk with dragons. It's setting up like how he reacts to being outsmarted, outplayed, and what should have set yeah. up the whole season three. But we'll get into that another time. Um, I love this room here too, with the snake platform and the giants and Marzo and oh my god, this was giving me chills down my spine when I saw it for the first time. It's like, oh my god, they're all here, they're all together, they're winning. It it still does for me. And yeah, I, I'm still sad that we couldn't get like it like uh we got Marzo, we got Evil Seed, we have Web Store, we do have Marzo and Classics, yeah. but like I said, those those uh giants Oh man, I I would love to have a part of my shelf that's nothing but the Council of Evil yeah. like that. You know, I mean, uh, and and if it, the only other thing that would have been the absolute crowning achievement would have been having the 2000X style web store yeah. as a classic figure on top of that. I would have and Skeletor because this and Skeletor. We still need yeah, 2000X Skeletor. and Skeletor. No, no, no. I I agree right. with that completely. But when I'm thinking of like. I, I would be fine having just the typical classic Skeletor as long as I had that 2000X web store because he's so different and he's so much more visually interesting looking of a character. But, uh, yeah, to, if they made him, they could actually make a 2000X Skeletor pretty yeah. simply with that buck. But, uh, but like, yeah, even here there is this moment, what, what, if I remember right, when he's laughing like that, they all are kind of like, uh, like it, like all of them are happy that they managed to defeat their previous well, a, beef problems. That was the whole thing. But there, there is this like, moment of like, oh, yeah, and they're and they're like, well, what about He Man? And it, he's gonna come. And Skelter's like, I'm counting on it. And like this is everything yeah. is going according. You guys don't because he's not even sharing with the Council of Evil. He's not sharing his plan. This is he's playing this thing so close to the vest because he knows it's the only way it's gonna work if it, he's the only one who knows everything that's happening. You know your piece. I love that shot. The, the Skeletor over the mountains as He-Man races to help. And that's, if you guys are watching outside of our video, pause it there, switch over to part two. Um, but yeah, He-Man racing, Skeletor laughing. I'm counting on He-Man to come. Oh. And that's it. That's it. The Heroic Warriors are behind the eight ball this entire tr trio of episodes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Skeletor's only going like, Webstore, you do this. Marzo, you do this. Giants, you do this. He's not letting anybody in. He's not evil in. Nobody. Nobody knows the true plan, the whole scope, because he knows all he can count on is himself. Mm-hmm. And again, that's like, uh, you know, the, the wealth of stuff leading up to this, the wealth of story leading up to this, just it, it's it, like I when I watched it the first time, I didn't expect this to go this direction. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, when you actually binge it and you see episode after episode, all the failures he has to suffer through 
It's like, yeah. yeah, this is showing you he's finally reached his limit. And he's like, I'm doing this and this is it. This is and no one else is going to know because then nobody else is going to mess up the plan. No one can fail me now. Right. And he, he's relying on their strengths. He's relying on this. What you bring to the table, do these things with it or and whatever. Writing, I mean, hell, just having. Uh, go oh, ahead. sorry. Just uh, while they're in the dungeon, the writing here where they're like, well, OK, there's Cyclone. They got him, too. Like they're keeping track in their heads. And I think it was uh, Mechanic. Raymond's like, but Mechanic, he's he, you know, he's going to help us. Because they haven't seen him in the dungeon yet. He's working on a plan for escape, and Man-Arm's like, or he tried to escape, and... Like, it's, uh-huh. it's so well-written. Like, they're sitting there, chained up in Snake Mountain, and they've got to wonder, okay, are their masters free, or dead, or what? And, you know, it, it's written so well. And then we see, of course, Mechanex being used as bait for He-Man. Uh, I, I always like that they catch him off guard, and they give him a wall yeah. thing here. And, and I like that he he gets knocked around a couple of times and that he, when he pulls out the sword, he's like, try to do that again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is this is this is what I'm talking. And about. I like that. I this like this battle. Stuff. I like them him going up against these big guys, but they're hurting him. I like he man being able to get yeah. hurt. Like you can tell he's he's like, man, I can't take many more of these giant hammer hits. And now he pulls the closest information he ever gets on this show. Yeah. But you can tell it takes something out of him. Like, he's not mm-hmm. limitless in this show, and I like that. Uh, you know, he's sitting there, He, I mean, and he thinks he's got it won. That's the other thing. That's why this plan works. He thinks, first he thinks all I have to deal with is Skeletor. Then the Giants ambush him. He's like, okay, I took care of them. Now Evil Seed ambush He's like, my God, what's going on here? Who? Now he's off guard. Who at all am I dealing with here, you know? Battle Cat's knocked out. Well, as always. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, the beauty of the one-off episodes is, you know, even, even for us as viewers, we're just like He-Man here going like, they've never done this before. Like, you know, this is something that nobody could have planned for. Right. Like why would Evil C be with Skeletor? Why would Marzo be here? Exactly. Why would the Giants be here? What? That, that opens up the door. and And again, to walk with dragons and all yeah. that stuff. But it, I love that it opens up the door to we're dealing with it. Like now we have people who are joining forces against us that we thought were just right. one-off deals. And it's like, now we got bigger problems than even that. And that's why How do you plan for the whole idea. Exactly. And the whole idea of the snake men thing, that's where it, it drove me crazy. I'm like, I'd rather see these right. desperate uh, or disparate characters forming alliances because they're seeing they work better that way because the masters yeah. work that way. You know, it's like, and, and, and if the masters can't figure out who's teaming up with who, well, and that's, they can't and plan that's actually for this, why the you know? snake they, men should have worked great in season two, because it's, it's the example of this. It's like, okay, so now we're dealing with the big team up. All these one shot villains are joining forces, banding together. Uh, and then season two introduced a whole new faction. It's like, okay, so now we got to fight, Really, it should have been. We got to fight Skeletor and Hiss at the same time, plus worry about the independent villains. And it's that same, that's yeah. the overarching theme. It just wasn't done as well as it should have been in season two because Skeletor took a back seat. But yeah, we'll get to that. Yep. And now we find out Tila's run off, and Adam and, and He Man got beat. 
That's always refreshing yeah. to see, you know, because mainly because he got caught off guard. They didn't attack him all at once. They were smart. They let the Giants wear him out. Then Evil Seed. Then Marzo came in with the magic, you know. I like that Man Arms is still trying. He's putting communications together and everything. Like, they're... God, this is great. This is, this is Masters at its finest. Mm-hmm. Skeletor's being smart. He's keeping an eye on them. He's prepared. Skeletor has thought this thing out. This is not one of his, you know, plan of the week things. I yeah. love the trap door, little nod to the vintage playset in my mind. Yeah, this definitely isn't. I'm going to get the Ramstone in. It, right. I, the, the main thing, though, and, and that's that's the beauty of this plan, is he's always focused on how am I getting into Grayskull. And this right. is this is now it's how do I get rid of the problem to get me into Grayskull? Because if he gets right. rid of these guys, there's no way around it. There's nobody that's going to be able to hold those defenses. And, you know, even He-Man, we're going we're gonna to see that coming up. It's like even with He-Man being the last line of defense, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be all it needs to right. work. And, again, you know, Filmation He-Man probably because he would have lifted Grayskull mm-hmm. and thrown it into another part of his yeah. <laughs> But in, in the case of this, it's like, yeah, he has his, his shortcomings. He, he doesn't always – and he's also got Adam, you know, like the right. Adam in this – he does sometimes have an emotional reaction to things over thinking it through. So, you know, there is a little bit of that teenaged mm. mentality to it right. over the seasoned warrior, like right. a man at arms would bring to the table. He's impulsive. Even here, he's not yeah. thinking. He needs a sorceress to help him out here. And we get our first transformation back as far as I remember for the entire series. I think our only one in this series. I think this is the only time we actually see it. Well, voluntarily, I guess you could say. Um, Because he does get knocked out with the Ramstone and converted back. Yeah, that that one I don't count, but this one is like, you, you actually see this is how he turns back and all that. So that's pretty cool. You still got, they're setting up the next season still. They're, you know, Marzo had that whole show. There's a whole nother episode here just of what the council's been doing behind the scenes uh, to make all this work. (laughs) And even there, Skeletor is like, you know what, guys? I I can get rid of you as easily as I got rid of my other warriors. It's a, you, mm-hmm. you all mean nothing to me. You are just the pawns in my game. Yeah, that I I've always been a fan anytime in like TV or comics or in movies where you know what the traditional version of something's supposed to be and then they throw a curveball at you and like um the the quickest one that I always go to is Justice League Europe. Justice League Europe was a group that I had no investment in half of the fig, the, half of the characters in it. You had Captain Adam, Metamorpho, Flash, Power Girl, um, Animal Man, Rocket Red, and some of these. And, and for some reason, it was so weird that I said, "I want to find out more about this group mm-hmm. and how they interact." And this is this is what Skeletor did to me on this episode because one on one, you saw what these personalities were, but when you put them all together. 
it's really interesting to see how these how all the villains interact here and then the fact that they do have that like Skeletor's kind of got us in a bind here like we're doing this stuff for him but he'd even he'd turn tail on us if it came down to it too right I love that I like how they left He-Man out there they're like you know what it's not even worth trying to move him we've got him locked up leave him here Mm -hmm. if we try and we try and move him he'll probably just break free and they'll let the power return straight from filmation and the size difference makes all the difference here. Man, I love this. I was yes. geeking out when he did yep. this. I'm like, of course. Yep. It's just like, okay, let's yep. go. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I, it, it, it's definitely... I. So close. Yeah, and I God, love it. God, I love it. <laughs> I'm still, to this day, it still gets me. Chips are down, and he still can't turn into the person who could probably help win the war right now. Right. Yeah. And and the thing is, when he hears everything here, it's like even he's like, oh, crap. You know? yeah. I like Tila here. This oh. is how Tila should be. She just like, come on, Adam. I will take, I'll take anybody I get right now. You're the warrior I got? Come on, buddy. We're going to free mm-hmm. him. That's that's all we can do. I don't know where He-Man is. We don't have time to find him, you know. And Cringer, what are we going to do? I love it. I love the determination of Cringer in this episode. This 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 whole bit, like the there's a scene coming up with mm-hmm. Cringer. When I watched this for the I, I might oh, have been, actually, yes. you know what? I, I, I might have lied. It might have been the very first time I watched it was on DVD yeah. because I remember I I bought the DVD set and I'm watching it with my roommate mm-hmm. and I don't remember having a reaction to this the same way. And this might have been when I started watching them on YouTube, too, just like watching them in the background or something. But the the whole thing was the scene with Cringer coming up. Yeah. I jumped out of my chair and was cheering, and I've never done that. Yes, all of watching any other He-Man like show said, in my entire life. Me and my buddies, we got together every week. We, you know, we watched it. We watched it around my computer. When I downloaded it, all of us were like, "Yeah," you know. And yeah. mm-hmm. everyone is true to form here. Even Adam here, with he's got his moves, and he's. And he's really trying. He's cu- he's coming up against a decision here. Um, that he's he's really he's really got to think about. Is it is it time? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Commercial break, and it's like <laughs> he realizes. His whole world's gone if he reveals his secret, but but he knows that it's the only way here. He they need He Man. Or luckily, Web Store, you know, or unluckily, whichever way you want to look at it, takes care of the issue. But yeah, but yeah, just that just that decision that what do I do. This whole sequence mm-hmm. is like, man, you want to talk about stacking the odds against right. the hero to the point where the hero would probably say, I can't win. Look at him. He's like, I mean, oh, shit. It, 
Yeah, yeah. Everything about this, it, it's like, you know, and and here's the thing, like. <sighs> I don't want to even draw comparisons at this point to Filmation and this because it's not fair. But the thing is, this show managed to make me give so much more of a damn about Adam. Mm-hmm. And and like it, it does what the, the Captain America first Avenger movie did for me when I first saw it. And it, it never for once made me look at He-Man and go, you're the guy that I want to see the whole time because you're right. supposed to be the hero. It always made me go, there's that little guy in there that's the heart and soul of what's happening with this character. Exactly. And he's he's also growing as a person. He's growing as a as a leader. He's growing as a warrior. And he's growing just up. That's a creepy he's growing up store. while he's doing these things. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this is one of those moments that it, it's like the the training wheels are off. All the safety nets are gone. And even even the bad guys, you can't figure out what's going to happen because they're throwing things at you that you wouldn't be used there to. If it was Beastman, you go, oh, of course it's Beastman. If it was Merman, <laughs> of course it's Merman. But here it's like it's Web Store. It's Evil Seed. It's it's just like one punch after the other. And, and it, it has that like – um, yeah. God, I yeah, love that. Is, we cheered. We cheered. Yeah. Yeah, making that leap, saving Adam. It's oh, like oh, the whole thing. Web so Web Store. Web Store gets Adam. He's like, "Why bother?" And he just throws him down. Yeah. It's like, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, everyone's at at their finest. And the whole thing, Adam losing the power sword wasn't even an evil warrior. Really, it was him being, like you said, young, careless, not thinking through. He knocks it right towards the chasm. It's like he has nobody mm-hmm. to blame but himself because he's just. He's reacting. He's being thrown off. He can't become He-Man. He's teal is gone. He's just like his mind's everywhere. Like you said, it's not the season bet. It's it's a teenage kid with the most power in the universe, and he's not taking a second to. He's not given a second to stop and think. And what? How should I proceed? And, and on top of that, you know, up until all of this stuff happened where he gets the power sword, he's usually the guy that's watching other warriors right. just go and do all this. He's done that. He did that a couple of times in the first few episodes where it's like, oh, well, you know, dad and the masters handled that. And and he, he's all Mr. Oh, I could give a crap less because my life is a life of leisure versus having to fight battles and all this. Right. Stuff. And this is the culmination of from here out you're going to see a different version of him because he's realizing this is something in his time, this is happening, you know, and it's affecting his family and it's affecting the people he cares about. Cobra Khan was done so well in this series. Rat Lord. Mm -hmm. And they finally decided that they can set up the long game. It doesn't have to be all one off episodes. You know, they're really hitting their, their stride and feel of what this show needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> and even even I, I I'll give complete props where it's due. Like even Cringer in this is stepping up right. in a way where it, it, Cringer gets what's happening even, and it's like, you know, I. I yeah, he doesn't talk in this series, it's, but they gave him personality, and you can see the growth. It's the, it's the House of Shakoti moment. It's the, you know, 
all right, this has to be done. You know, yes, I'm scared out of my mind, but I have to help Adam. I have to get yeah. him a gray skull. I, we have to stop these guys. I mean, he knows what he's doing as Battle Cat. That's still a part of him, and uh, yeah, and you can see it here. And, and this whole sequence coming up is is like this is finally Adam's a man here, right? Like every time he raises a sword, yes, he becomes He Man. But in this moment where he he owns it and it like I remember the first time watching this, I was on the edge of my seat going, how is this going to play out? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know all of the mapping of this world the way that they intended it to be versus how filmation. It was a guarantee. Adam was going to make it. You just it it would reset every episode for the most part versus this. They're going to places where, okay, the evil warriors didn't get broken out of prison at the beginning of this episode. Or between episodes. Well, it's Skeletor like, okay, and his, stuff and his is magic now... using here. The levitating and all that. Like, he's... He's going he's in for rare, it. He's, he's using he's... everything he's got. Yep. This is his power play. <laughs> he doesn't even care about the betrayal. He uses all the powers, the combining... This is awesome. The combined rams. With the Havoc staff, you get that skeletal ram, red glowing eyes. It's like, yeah! Where's that in classics, too? (laughs) They could have done that and it translucent and I would have eaten that thing up. Oh, man. Boom. Straight to the heart of Grayskull. Yeah. And even the Elder's power is no match for this thing. Yep. And we we put the Sorceress in a position where it really legitimately would be like, yeah, there's no way she's going to stop this. And and, because it it always had that feeling to me of it was always, he mad. Help, you know, and sometimes it's like, just turn it to a different channel, Sorceress, you know. It's, it's, well, I like, like when the series, she did button. she did always try and step up and help as much as she can, but she's still tied she to did, the castle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's got no sword, like, he's got no way in even, you know, the Sorceress is down and out. It's like, this is it, man, This it's all you. Yeah. Why isn't the drawbridge opening? Like, what is... You almost think it's playing there. It's like, maybe if I can get inside, there's another way to transform. You know, maybe I can tap into the power directly, you know. Which would be an interesting it's, avenue it's, to go down as well. It, it's kind of like the Shazam deal. It's like, if I just say the words, will it happen instead? Right. <laughs> Do I need the sword, really? Guy's name right at least. Yeah, I was gonna say at least <laughs> on the on the one episode he calls him Prince Allen. Yeah. So I love this. You see the heroic vehicles coming, and Adam's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, baby!" I got reinforced. Look at it. Look how cocky he turns. Even yep. Skelter's like, "Oh no." <laughs> 
and when they do those close-ups yeah. of all their faces, and it's just it's yeah, like, oh, wait, 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 just wait, wait, animation <laughs> there. Oh, just the animation of his experience. That, like that surprise. Skeleton. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, this wasn't even part of the plan, <laughs> but it works out perfectly. <laughs> it works even better. <laughs> Oh, and that's man. it. If, if you're watching along on your regular episodes, pause there because that was the end of season one. That's where they left us. Are you gonna? I always love that line. Looks? How are you gonna defeat us by your good looks? <laughs> yeah, and even then, Adam still. That's the also beauty of this, I know they jump back a little bit here to catch people up, but uh, that's the beauty of it, is Adam doesn't even realize the full range of what Skeletor's accomplished here. He doesn't realize that all, all the Masters are locked up. He knows probably some of them they've lost contact with, but mm-hmm. and this moment just solidifies it for him. He's like, I really don't have anybody coming for me. And this is the moment where you're like, now why would they switch to Snake Mountain? Yeah, I almost kind of wish this wasn't here, honestly. Like, they let the kids off the hook really quickly here as far as... It's still the race against time, but once you see that sapling coming up, it's like, okay, they're coming. We just need... we Adam, you just need a little bit of time, you know? He just needs to buy the time, yeah. And he takes some shots here. I mean, he's standing his ground. He yeah. And and this is one of those times, in particular on the show, where you'll see Cringer wounded, yeah. and I completely am never going to give crap about that. I'm never <laughs> going to say that isn't a good moment in here yeah. compared to every episode, right. Battle Cat barely ever <laughs> functioning without getting knocked out and all that stuff. I like how he's got to back his way out of the corner here. He's uh-huh. like, he's like, oh no, I, I wasn't replacing you. I, I was totally going to come get you, I swear. <laughs> Evil Lynn's not buying it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got that. <laughs> he's got the husband caught cheating. Kind of thing <laughs> going on. I love it. I love he's it. I'll be right back. Beast Man's kind of like the slow, the slow son going. I guess he has a point. <laughs> Evelyn's just like he's sleeping on the couch for the rest of the year. I don't care what you tell me. Yeah, him getting off of the Griffin and stepping on Adam. Too. I mean, jeez. There's so many moments to this where it's just this is what I've been waiting to see. And this, the visual of those hands. Oh. Those gnarled hands. I love it. And then we got Adam doing the whole, 
swiping the havoc stuff, which yes, and he even thinks he can I, use it. Like when like, I was a kid, I wondered. Yeah, yeah, and if you're if you're not Skeletor, do you know how to? Right. <laughs> but I like that it's he looks at it as well. I'm taking your power from you. I'm taking away the the thing that channels this stuff. Right. You know, and you know, you see the you see the He Man shining through. He's like, you know what? Yeah. I faced you how many times, dude? Like, you don't even know, right? <laughs> Like you're not you're not that uh, that demon anymore, like you are to everybody else. It's don't make me get that belt back on you, dude. And there it is. Yeah. I like it. I like how they show that you know, yeah. Some most of the evil warriors are pretty, you know. They're pretty loyal to Skeletor, you know. I wouldn't like it if everybody was like that, you know. If everybody was constantly trying to, you know, get away from him or whatever. But that's nice to have some that are just deathly loyal to him. Yeah. Come on, Prince. Time to wake up. Also, uh, the scene before this—that's our first introduction to Zat, uh, Zodak on the show, I think, if I remember right. No, he was in Snake Pit. Oh, oh! Uh, for some reason, I thought that was season two. Sorry. No, Snake Pit was season one. That's when Ratlor got out. That's why he's with gotcha. here. Gotcha. Um, yeah, keep it light for the kids here. Yeah. All right, now we're in business. Yes. Yeah. And, and here we go. This is gonna be. This is the one where I, I finally said I like this. I like this one. And I love the, mm-hmm. the lightning coming down. I like the Skeletor's mm-hmm. even looking up and what? What the heck? But this is you like see him all grow. chips are down. He's hulking out, and that boom, boom, boom with the the symbol on his chest. Now it's like this is the this is the it yeah. means something transformation. This it means. It means so much for him to finally do that mm-hmm. on this show. I love that line, too. He man, you may have it, but Skeletor's about to get it. And it solves yep. the question that, yes, people can actually hear the incantation. Um, so, obviously, the light show doesn't really happen in the universe, but they can hear what he's saying. I just thought of something it, that... Uh, they did differently. I mean, obviously that is a huge different transformation than what we've seen every time, but they right. didn't do the lighting up gray skull part during no, the transformation. Didn't. It was all focused directly on Adam that mm-hmm. time. They took a shot to gray skull, but they didn't, yeah, they didn't do the power coming out of it, which I liked. Yeah. Cause that could have been an interesting way of like him doing that. And then the power, like knocking them back with the power coming out of the jawbridge or right. whatever. But no, I like it better with it. The lightning comes down and Skeletor just kind of looks up. It's that whole, what was that? And then this reveal of He-Man, Beam. 
Yes. <laughs> and the reinforced yes. shield around Grayskull with Zodax power uh-huh. added to it. And there goes an artifact, but you know what? Yep. It it worked. I love the fact that he got rid of it because it's like this thing can knock the yeah. power of Grayskull out of me. I'm done. Well, and he would have done it the first time, but Evelyn took off with it in the middle of the battle. He never got a chance to recover it before. And here's that moment with Cringer mm-hmm. that I said. It's like, and especially with what Cringer has done leading yeah. up to this in this episode, in this three-parter, it's like that cat saved his butt so many times. Yep. It's like, you know, it's... It, Talk about a loyal companion, man. And I love, I love the, the this that showdown moment. And it's like this is the payoff of finally yeah. getting to this sequence. And he's at least He-Man, but he's still standing there going, this is a lot of warriors, you know. It's like I barely – and here's what I was saying. I barely – back in Council of Evil Part 1 in the opening sequence, he's like, you know what's going through his mind? He's like, I barely defeated the evil warriors by themselves, let alone yeah. Skeletor and the Council of Evil, you know, go after the and he's got a good strategy here. He's he's thinking smart now again. He's like, okay, I'll take out the big guys first, you know. He's going after Evil Lane. He's going after the Giants. He's like, okay, I've got mm-hmm. uh, I got to work smart here. Get them to work against each other, you know. I love. He, he's making the giants collide into other stuff, right. so it's not as big of a problem later on. And yeah, he's like, "Well, we're in an enclosed area. It's leading right to Grayskull. You know, the the abyss is behind me. So, no, he's like you said. It's that growing up. It's that okay. I've got the power back now, but I got to use it right. I can't just be reacting anymore. I've gotta I've got to be smart about this fight, or I'm not gonna make it." Hmm. Uh, this uh, the fact that the pretty much the entire episode is one giant battle. Yeah, there I'm sure there's people out there going, eh, 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 you know, like it doesn't do it for them or whatever. But I for don't me, it's see like, how it doesn't. It doesn't feel like the whole episode's a battle. You know what I mean? It's like I I've listened to other reviews of this series on podcasts where there was somebody going, this episode didn't mean much because without the other two in front of it, it's just kind of yeah. there. Well, that like, I agree with sacrilege that's it i get it but it's like you got to put them all together yes it's, it's a three-parter no matter how you do it <laughs> and this this is such a master's payoff and yeah. and 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 like if this show wanted to do anything to say we are not what you grew up watching this is what you're talking about because right. if you look at the battle you don't see a lot of stock animation at all with it there's a couple quick little yeah. moments this but there's not a lot of stock of animation. And, the, yeah, the web store. Yeah, is, he gets yeah, He-Man, and he man just like, I'm going to use this. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I mean, this, yeah. it, go, going into another franchise and brand and all this stuff. But this was Endgame before yeah. I knew what Endgame was about. Because well, and that's, and that's is, the point where you think He-Man's going to win this. You're like, okay, he's got, He-Man's got this, you know. Yeah. But I I loved how, like it, the the part of him standing there against everybody is yeah. very similar to Cap standing there and seeing all of Thanos's army, you know, converging. And it's like he man actually got to do something about it when Cap had all the people yeah. showing up there. You know, it's like 
This this is I, oh, I've man. waited for uh, what I was I was in my twenties when I was yeah. rewatching this again. I waited for probably fifteen years to see this. Yeah, and maybe the- a little bit longer. And I finally got it, and I remember my jaw just being on the floor through the whole thing going, they get it. Yeah, and the Magic users here teaming up, and they're just giving the, yes. him everything they got. And then you see the Giants getting back up. and Yep. And that's the moment where you go, wait, He-Man's going to lose. Like, he's, yeah. he's not winning this. Either you or the force field's going to give first, and I don't yeah, care Yeah, I love which, that line, too. You know? <laughs> I absolutely love that because it shows where Skeletor is about this. You know, it's like, I will kill you. Look I'm how, done with this. How beat He-Man looks there as he looks up and sees Moss Man coming. He's just like, he was. He-Man was done there. Evil yeah. Warriors won. And, but luckily the cavalry's here. And same thing, they show up and they are just like everything they've got, like, hang on, He-Man, we've got you. Yeah, and like when I was a kid, there was a feeling of I, if I had He-Man, I was good to go. Like I didn't need to bring Man-at-Arms out of the toy box or TLR or whoever. And in this one, it's like 2000X did such a good job. I, I always say this, but it's true. They do such a good job of making every single character on the Masters. I love them all. Like, I can't, I, I literally, within the Masters, uh, the, the squad or whatever you want to call them, even yeah. Stratos I dig. Yeah. And I was never a big Stratos guy. I, I was never, I was never, like, Mechanek, I've always thought was an interesting looking character, and I liked him for that. But he wasn't like a, oh, it's Mechanek. Right. But in this case, it's like, I still even feel that way about him. It's like all of them, for one reason or another, they add up into me just going, I love all of these guys. And when they function as a unit, it really does make it cool, you know? <laughs> Not even like, yeah, they, I love yeah. that the power is coming out of the eyes now. And it almost reminds me of the spirit of Grayskull skull at the end of the mini comics at the beginning yeah. too. That just that look of the castle here. And they, they use the power of the elders to trap Marzo again. They're like, you feel like there's like some actual ending here. Like uh, people, yeah. they desert Skeletor. Marzo gets transformed back. And it's like, it's not just a reset to the status quo here. It's actually like, Things have been accomplished. Battles have been won, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I like Web Store being the last yeah. guy. I'm I'm with you to the end. Right. How, you know, what, what does he say? Comforting, I, I believe the, it was. How, how comforting, comforting, yes. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, I like that they have Web Store actually join the Evil Warriors and... Uh, Yeah, it's like it, the only other guy they, they were missing out on was uh, Spike or... Yeah. Out of, like... They, uh, I, I I know there's other ones, but when I was a kid, like, Spike or and Webstore and some of those were, like, mm-hmm. at the end of what I considered to be Skeletor's main right. guys, you know, in that way. So that's, like, Spike or is kind of, like, the last one before you start hitting the 87 yep. stuff. Yeah, it's the last of the core. Mm-hmm. And, and I liked it in, in this case, too. Yes, it was a victory, but nobody's like cheering. No, they're and just I, like it's a very somber victory because they realized this this could have been we could have planned differently, and the, and the whole man at arms being the way he is in the next episode. 
Every, really does matter and pay Everybody's off. exhausted. That's, uh, yeah. I mean. You know, like I said, this should, this was the whole tone going into season two, and I'm not sure what happened, how it was lost along the way, but we will dig into that more. And like I said, man, arms it, taking it all on himself. Like I was, I was outsmarted. It's that's why this. Yeah. Happened. Yeah, out of yeah. any any show that I can think of where they sh- they should have cranked it up to eleven or twelve after a, a, a like a, se- mm-hmm. a, a season ending cliffhanger Even, like yeah. this and an opening like this, it should have been this show. Right, and it, like it, it always to me it loses its way with the Snake Men. Yeah, because it focuses solely on them. But yeah, and it's like after after this loss. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Take a little time away from Skeletor because he's probably he's got to regain the trust of his people again and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'd still want to see him come back from this, and I'd want to see. It's like okay, he he did something nobody saw coming, as yeah. in like the fans, and all of a sudden he's using characters that he wouldn't normally use. What would he do to come back from this? Yeah. And we never get to see it. And that's what Marlena's saying. She's saying the same thing. She's like, look, you two can battle it out whose fault it was all day long, but that doesn't change the fact. And we did, mm-hmm. We have to realize we won, and we have to move on from here. You know, again, this is a, they were setting this tone up heavily. Um, and I, li- I like Duncan trying to resign his position. He's like, I did such a terrible job. I'm done. I, I you know, can't do it anymore. And uh, of course, they talk it out of talk him out of it, but and going from the Council of Evil to Randor being like, I can create a council. I can create a council of good. We can same thing. It's it's the stakes. We went over, guys. Watch our to walk with dragons, or we're going to retread everything here. Um, episode forty seven, I think it was uh, to walk with dragons remastering. That's. Uh, You know, this set up so many, like, I didn't need to want to guess what would what they would do right. with where Skeletor ends. I want to just show me that, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I would rather just the story, just this is what they do, rather than me saying right. this is what I want. Because they gave me something I didn't know I'd want by doing this episode the way they did. Mm-hmm. Well, and even here, they're setting up everything. You know, they're, the the masters are like, well, why was Cobra Khan here? What did he have to do? Mm-hmm. Ske- they can't believe that Skeletor joined forces with the Snake Men. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's nice. Everyone's kind of unsure of where, where the world's going. It's like, what's going on here? He teamed up with these guys. We got Snake Men involved. What is the plan here? Honestly, even even Skeletor's line there a minute ago with the with the uh, if brute force doesn't work, maybe something else will. You know, that's leading mm-hmm. up to a plan that never came to be. We'll get to that in a minute here. I'll, I'll we'll that's, that that's what I'm talking ends. about. I would have loved to see that. 
But I like this ending here where Cobra Khan shows that it's our first hint that Snake Mountain is a little bit more than, uh, or maybe Ratlow yeah. does it, but. And even here, Evelyn still at the end of it is kind of like, well, Skeletor would have come for us. You know what I mean? Like he would have, he avenged us. That's what he, he went with the avenged angle. And, and Khan shows her that, no, it was, uh, yeah, King Hiss built this fortress. It's got all these powers you guys don't even know about. You know? I love that, too. Yeah. Uh, because that's the thing. Like, I always pictured Snake Mountain to just be... Skeletor was just thrilled to find that in order to have right. a base of operations. That's and maybe his he modified he it, do. you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that, but... And you kind of get the feeling that Khan and Ratlor have been hiding in Snake Mountain this whole time, like down the unused time. Kind of like the, the uh, kids stuff book we did, where they're like living underneath mm-hmm. Snake Mountain. Like they've just kind of been hanging out and waiting for an opportunity to break King History. And it sets up the whole thing with Khan making promises he can't keep. Based on the, for Khan, it's all ancient legends, too. He, you know, he's not, we reminded many times, he's not a true snake man. He's promising mm-hmm. evil in these rewards and riches, and he's got no idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, they, they set up the long game here for all of season two and beyond. And the rarely viewed, rarely viewed moral sequence. Because <laughs> these were not on the original airing. It was only when they started the reruns on Cartoon Network did they show them. Use your heads. Find a creative way to solve a problem. That's true. Perfect. I have to remember that. I need that ma I need that lesson at least once a day in my life lately. <laughs> there we go, couch fits in. Perfect. <laughs> couch fits. <laughs> and that's that's Council of that... Evil One, Two, and the Last Stand. Yeah. Switch back. Fiftieth episode. Fiftieth episode. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, and you know, it's funny too, because I don't even think I caught it at the time. It was on the review here getting ready uh, that I really thought about Skeletor's line at the end there, because it almost sounds like just a throwaway line. Like, okay, it's it's like a, what am I going to do next? But there again, they were planting the seeds, I think, because that was a very deliberate line once you've read the interviews with Gary Hartel and Dean Stefan about what their plans going forward. And uh, as we found out through those interviews, the plan was to introduce Faker and have Skeletor actually conquer the kingdom by using Faker as a He-Man Faker, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that line there was very deliberately written. It wasn't just, uh, well, that didn't work on to the next plan. It was, okay, well, I did my brute force. I did my big you know, conquer them all and get all the power and etern- all the evil power and turning it to align with me. Um, so now I'll try 
uh, something a little more, a little more discreet. So I think that was definitely mm-hmm. hinting at that. Yeah. And at the time, we didn't know. No, that's the thing. At the time, we we didn't have those interviews to draw from. So can you just imagine? without that interview on heman.org just going what could have been and i mean even what could have been yeah just the way it's set up uh, from that interview like i i i am definitely one of those people that if if they found a way to kickstart the third season i would i would yeah. give them money uh, hands down i would do it because you know if they, they don't even have to have the same voice actors and stuff cuz i know uh I know Gabe, um, is yeah, it Kuth? Gabe Kuth. He, 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 he passed, passed away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they at least got Brian Dobson back and maybe Cam Clark, but beyond that, I'm like, yeah. I just well, want to see get who what you could can. have been. Yeah. You know, I would have just, it, it, basically, I would have just been thrilled to see what could have been with that because that is something no Masters series has dealt with that idea of the Renegades and run, you know, the underground Masters and everything the way they had it. So, uh, it, when when you build a story and you see the growth and the change throughout that story, it makes it, to me at least, it makes it a satisfying journey to have been a part of the audience watching that, you know. And right. that's a huge part of why this is the series that I love. Exactly. Yeah, and it's honestly, though, if those interviews didn't exist, I wouldn't even have thought of that line meaning anything. Like I said, it's it's written so much where it could just be like, okay, you know, on to the next thing. But in retrospect, it's like, no, from this moment on, this is when they went, okay, what's the big picture? What's the mm-hmm. big plan? And like I said, I think I think season two, maybe it suffered for that, just being the fact that they only got to do half of their season two, let alone even getting into season three. Um, mm-hmm. But they had plans for all that. They had the long game figured out roughly at that point i mean i'm sure things could have changed but i think if anything that's what hurts season two the most is that we never got to really see all of season two so yeah um but yeah it's it's an amazing episode so many great moments so many so many pivotal moments uh not only for this series but for the franchise as a whole um the, one of the best battles in the in all of the series uh, I'm just, I'm, I'll go first. Uh, nine and a half out of ten. I There's just a couple things that I can't quite give a ten, but I feel like a nine is too low. So I am doing a nine and a half out of ten. The only detriments to me, like I said, were the... Number one, just put a throwaway line about uh about the time passage in there to make it more believable that they'd go off guard um and then and then honestly my my only other nitpick is how easily he gets the sword back but i also don't have a better way myself but yeah that's that's about my biggest nitpicks through the whole thing hmm well, you know me with this one i've i've been waiting <laughs> for this for 50 episodes um <laughs> <laughs> so it's like today's a day um this is my christmas um Yay! i mean basically if we had a higher score than 10 i'd, I'd go for that <laughs> nothing has ever captured the feeling of me playing with those figures on my bedroom floor when i was a kid like this episode i mean the the opening sequence with he-man versus all the evil warriors 
I, I can sit through that all the time and just smile. And I like that. Yes. The, the masters are also there with him and stuff too, but I like usually he man is the cure to right. whatever's happened. He comes in as the solution. And in this case, they let him have, they let him go. They, they just said, we have a problem. Drop you in. Boom. Right. Let's see what happens here. And you get a sequence that, if I was watching this on Cartoon Network in the early 2000s, my jaw would have been on the floor going, yes. they didn't do any stock, anything. Yeah. That was legit. And then when you get to the end and when you see that moment and it's like uh, on top of that, again, we talk about stakes mattering. Right. Stakes being he's literally feet away from Grayskull mm-hmm. trying to defend it from everything that you've known bad that's happened on this series to this moment that stakes and on top of that there's no reinforcements he doesn't even have battle cat it's just he-man versus everything Mm -hmm. um that i i'm still getting i got goosebumps saying that right now because that's what my master's stories were about when i was a kid it was put him in these situations where it's the it's so bad Mm -hmm. the that when i was playing i was tipping do I want Skeletor to win this one? Cause right. it's working like, you know, and, and, and it's like, that's how it should be. That's, it right. shouldn't just be a given that at the end of the day, it resets and everybody's happy and, and it progresses the story. It, it's, it's a surprising tale right. on and every level with all these different decisions they do. And, and you felt it. You felt, you felt that there was a legitimate shot that Skeletor takes the castle. You really did. There, mm-hmm. was, there was no point in there where you're sitting there like, oh, yeah, He-Man's got this. Like, no, you're like, oh, are they setting up season two where Skeletor's in control of, of Grayskull? Yes. Like, exactly. I definitely could have seen them go that way. Because he was, yeah. he was inches, inches. He was, <laughs> I mean, they just wanted to take out that. Zodak beforehand. It would have been over, you know? Yeah. Basically, he didn't think that part through. But at the same time, like, you got to see a Skeletor on this. Where he is, that's my Skeletor. Like him and and like some of the voice work from some of those like the the older records. Right. That's the kind of stuff where it's like that is how I always pictured him when I was a kid. So it's like it it, it literally feels like they just downloaded all of my ideas yeah. from when I was a kid, and they go animate the crap out of this to make it amazing, and they just. I mean, yep. animation-wise, even this this one is head and shoulders amazing to me compared to even the yes. typical episodes you get, and even those aren't stock animation half the time. No, so they, they sent it to um, they sent it to the good animation uh, company. They did house this time, which I still can't remember the name. Yuka's yelling at his um, phone <laughs> right now. What the yeah. name of it is, but. Uh, yeah, no, they definitely, they sent it to the good one and they pulled out mm-hmm. all the stops. Um, they did. It, uh, like the, this is pure, like it, it's the concentrated version of this I've been waiting for, for as long. The only other way that this could be topped is if they actually like powerhouse, I think has a chance because powerhouse being them. We'll it, see how I think, I think they might do some interesting, uh, action sequences i don't know if it's going to be to the level of this because the story was what made the action matter in this so we'll see how the stories line up with revelation those designs we got to see how powerhouse is animating their guys so true um, true 
But I'd say other than like a live action version where they let He-Man off the uh, He-Man off and they can do like like a Marvel action sequence using this where it's like a giant battle. I don't think there's ever going to be a version of it where I'm going to not keep pointing at this and going, but this this is this this is the best. This (laughs) is how it should be. (laughs) Yeah. So if you guys haven't checked out uh, Mike Young Productions He-Man in a while, check out this trilogy. Um, if you didn't just watch along with us, uh, amazing work, top of the series, can't recommend it enough. So I think the only thing left is to announce our next giveaway. Um, and I wanted to start this early. This is going to be an interesting one. So here's what we're doing, folks. We are going to give away, I've got two prizes to give away. Number one, thanks to the wonderful gentleman over at the Power and the Honor Foundation. Uh, They have donated uh, the Power and the Honor Foundation catalog, Volume 1, The Art of Masters of the Universe Toy Design. It was a limited edition book, hardcover, very nicely done, and uh, it's now out of print. Uh, We got one of these to give away. It's got all sorts of concept art, illustrations, information about the creation of the toy line, unused stuff, all sorts of stuff. Uh, that's first place prize, and then I've also got an Origins Scareglow as a pity prize. So, uh, card. Yeah, pity. <laughs> it did come from Walmart, so it's not perfect shape, but it is. It is very nice. The figure looks excellent. The card's just a Walmart mint on card. So how do you win this? This one I'm putting in the hands of our viewers. Um, all you have to do to be entered for this drawing is you have to be subscribed to us on YouTube. That's it. You go ahead and, uh, go ahead and give us, uh, a screenshot showing on the YouTube page. It'll show that you're subscribed. Just send that my way. You're automatically entered. Uh, I'm also going to, I'm going to put a post up about the contest If you share the post, you are entered a second time. So everybody can have up to two entries. Share the post gets you one. Subscribing to us gets you two. Now, here's the part that's in your hands. When will we give this away? I will give this away on the very next episode after we hit 200 subscribers. So, it is up to you guys. As of the date of this recording, we are singing at 110 subscribers. And thank you to all of you for doing this within our first year. I want to go big. I want to get up to 200. That's 90 more. So if all 110 of you that are subscribed get one friend to jump on and subscribe to us, I'm sure we all have at least one friend that's into He-Man. Get them to come on and subscribe to us. Uh, Then you're entered, they're entered, and we give it away. All right? Fair enough? Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, so look for the post on Legends of Grayskull podcast Facebook page. Again, Legends of Grayskull Facebook page. Thank you all for joining us there in the discussion. We've got 200 and some odd members there, approaching 300. If all you guys just go, and I'll put this on there too, if all you guys just go sub- to subscribe, <laughs> we'll be giving this away next episode. So Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll come up with a nice graphic here. We can share it around. And uh, just a thanks. Thanks to everybody for joining, subscribing. Thank you all for the feedback. Uh, It's been a great 50 episodes. 
Okay. Here's the 50 more. 50 more. And then 50 after that. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and watch my beard get whiter and whiter. Until we're both 50. <laughs> and well, eight years I'm out then, I guess. I said until we're both 50. Both. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I'm already feeling tired just thinking of big 5-0 at some point <laughs> shortly down the road compared to what it felt like when I was watching Mike Young Productions back in 2005. Oh, yeah. We had that. We had everything. We weren't going to be 50 for 100 years then. And, yes, that, yeah. that math worked back in 2002. <laughs> The only thing, the only thing that made me sad back then was I didn't have an Autobot companion to transform and take me to Lookout Mountain yeah. every other day back in then. But yeah, hey, it is what it There's is. There's a hole in the shuttle. <laughs> what Decepticon? <laughs> I could, I could talk that movie the whole way through if you just start me. It's horrible. That might, have, uh, that might, so might have anyway. to be one of our side episodes here. Let's just talk Transformers <laughs> the movie. I'd be down for. It. I love that movie. It um, is the year 2005. It, <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyways. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for our 50th episode. Uh, let us know what you want to see. We got a co- we got some good Christmas stuff coming up. I won't spoil the bag yet, but Sean's mind is uh, should be working on some stuff. So I, I actually have been, and I'm very surprised by this. But, yeah. yes, I have been. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully next episode, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we're coming up into December. Let us know if there's something you want us to see, cover. Uh, what do you want us to remaster? Like I said, our list is getting low. Uh, we'll get through the beginning of the year, but that's about it from our list. Let us know if there's anything you'd want to see. Remember, click that button. Like the video, please. Subscribe to us so you're entered to win the book or the bones. And until next time. Until next time.